0: Hey everyone, welcome to Game Face, episode 246? It's been so long. Is it? It is 246. Uh, We did 245 about a month ago, um, a little less than a month ago. It feels like Mm -hmm. an eternity since we've done a show, Matt. Um, For those of you who don't know, who are maybe just tuning into the stream... I have been going through some crazy medical issues, medical scare, medical emergency. I don't know what words you want to use to describe it. Uh, I know the words that I use to describe it. f and sucks is the way that I describe it. It's been a nightmare. Um, Some of you guys have followed along on our Patreon or on Sifted.net, so you kind of know what's been going on. Uh, For those of you who don't know, and a lot of people didn't because our Patreon dropped like a ton on uh, march 1st and i'm guessing people were just like hey it looks like they quit making game face or whatever um i've been having like crazy issues been going to doctors for a month now specialists for a month now they still don't have it figured out a big problem is that you can't get appointments with doctors and specialists because of covid everything is just backed up like months and months um, I mean, it's like that
1: even when there is no COVID.
0: That's true. It's, but it's way worse now. Um, yeah, I'm sure.
1: But like, I, I, you know, it, it does sound familiar to me about when I had the the thing that might have been cancer, and they're like, oh, yeah, come back in three months. I'm just like, I'd like to know now, please. Yeah, it's hard. <laughs> just um, how it is. It, it's a mess.
0: It is a mess. And uh, unfortunately, I'm caught up in it. Uh, my symptoms have been all over the place. I've been having like body temperature control issues. Uh, I've been having like tightness in my chest, not chest pain, like tightness in my chest. It's really bizarre. That is one thing that has never gone away. In fact, I'm feeling it right now. Um and they can't figure out what that is. Um I've been having like headaches, lightheadedness. Um they've done a ton of tests. My levels were way off on everything, like everything. Um So I've been taking these crazy vitamins that they told me to take. I've been taking supplements. Um It's been a disaster and a nightmare. Honestly, um, I am feeling a little better. I wouldn't be here if I weren't feeling better because the first couple of weeks, I really thought I could like die at any minute. So um, I just want to give you full warning right now. There is a chance that maybe I, we end this stream early. If I start getting symptoms, I'm just going to end it. Um, but I'm going to try to power through. We have a big show today, actually, because it's been a month. And we haven't brought a bunch of topics um, into the show from like the last three weeks. Most of the stuff is from the last week. There's one game that I had played and Matt had played that was supposed to be in 246 way back when, when it was initially planned that we're still going to talk about. Uh, but for the most part, uh, it's all if stuff. I can from, remember it. If I, if I, <laughs> I had, you know what, Matt? I had to like, waiting to do the show, I had to like watch the B-roll and like jog my memory because it's been a while since I had played it. Uh, But most of the stuff in today's show is going to be from uh, the last week or so. And there's been a lot of stuff going on in the last week or so, which is kind of crazy for late February, early March. Um, I see a lot of people are giving us Twitch Prime. There's really too many for me to announce live Mm -hmm. on the show because you guys haven't been on the stream in a month. So everybody is uh, hooking us up with Twitch Prime. Really appreciate that. As I said, um, our Patreon dropped huge uh, at the turn of the month. I do want to thank some people. People have been giving us donations to try to offset that, which has been awesome. Uh, Some people went and upped their pledges to try to offset (laughs) it, uh, but I knew it wasn't going to be enough, and it wasn't. Um, But still, I really appreciate the people who have have tried to help and who are trying to help. Um, I'm hoping we can keep doing this every week. If I keep feeling like I am right now, we will. Um, The show may end up being shorter some weeks than you're used to, maybe not the full three hours. We'll see if I can make it through the full three hours today. But again, I just really want to thank everybody um, for... All their concern, all the heartfelt messages that I've been sent on Twitter, on Sifted, on Patreon, on YouTube, uh, you guys have all been great. Um, There are going to be some changes for me. Um, We're going to start focusing on, like, three shows, really. We're going to focus on Game Face, obviously, Pactor Factor, and our new podcast called Three Night Weekend. Uh, I just can't keep doing this. I basically have almost killed myself working, is what really is what has happened, Um, and I can't keep doing it. So... There are going to be some changes, but Game Face is going to stay strong, and it's, and it's going to be a big part of anything we do going forward, and it's good to be back, and it's good to have all you guys on the stream and be back with the family a little bit, because it's very isolating dealing with all this kind of on my own um, in a pandemic. My wife's there, obviously, and she's been amazing, to be perfectly honest, but <laughs> otherwise, it's been very isolating going through this, and it's good to be back on the stream with all you guys. Um, let's see. What else do we got before we get going? I don't think much. We have 10 topics today. And that's a lot to try to get through, particularly in my condition. Uh, so I don't want to t- spend too much time just messing around. But again, Twitch Prime just keeps rolling in. Thanks, guys. I appreciate it. The hype train already hit level 5. Thank you. Um, I really appreciate it. Again, the Twitch Prime money for us makes a huge difference, and we need it. Uh, so thanks for doing that. And uh, with that, let's kick off the show. Um, we're going to start things off with a game called Outriders. We've talked about it before on the show. Um, and it is a shooter from Square Enix, and it's made by the, the studio called People Can Fly. If you don't remember them, they're the team that made Bulletstorm. And they also made, didn't they make Gears of War Judgment, Matt, the spinoff of Gears of War that wasn't handled by Epic?
1: That sounds right.
0: I think they I can't did. remember. <laughs> Maybe somebody in chat can clarify that. But I believe People Can Fly did do one of the Gears of War games. Um, and the best way I can describe it is it's kind of like... Gears of War cross with Anthem cross with The Division it is sort of a game as a service there was a beta a live beta that ran all week on pretty much every platform except for Switch I don't think the game's coming to Switch Uh, but Xbox PS4 PC you could play it all weekend and it was a big beta it was like they, they said it was like seven hours long. I got actually more playtime out of it than that. I ended up playing it a ton. Uh, there are four different classes in it, and you could like, go back and play for all four if you wanted to. It was a very robust beta, um, and I was pretty impressed with it, to be perfectly honest with you. Um, Matt, did you get a chance to give this a go over the weekend? No. No?
1: No, I didn't, I didn't actually know that happened.
0: Oh, you weren't aware. Uh, it, it, I'll say this. It was good to kind of disconnect a little bit over the last month. Um, I'll, when I for some reason, Matt, when I don't feel well, I have very little interest in playing video games. I don't know why that is. Even if I have like a cold, I just don't like games all that much. I don't like having to concentrate on something. I prefer passive entertainment. So I was watching a lot of Netflix, a lot of Amazon Prime and stuff like that. But keeping up with it, with what was going on, just you know, kind of checking out Sifted every day. And also a big thanks to Vincent over the last month who really – pitched in and helped with uh, curating content to sift it over the last 30 days. Couldn't have done it without him. So thank you, Vincent, for everything you've done. Um, so I did keep up on this, and so I did know that this beta was going up, and I downloaded it uh, the day it came out to make sure I could really give it a good go. And uh, the one thing I'll say about Outriders when compared to stuff like The Division or Anthem is that the single-player stuff feels a lot more robust and substantial. Uh, there's a legitimate plot Um, In this game with twists and turns and lots of characters and character building. And the basic setup is humans have left Earth because Earth is uninhabitable. And they've ventured to this other planet. Well, one of the two ships from Earth ends up destroyed before they even get there. But you're on the one that actually makes it to the planet. Uh, And as the game starts, you are landing on the planet's surface. You have no idea what to expect when you get there. Um, You land on the planet's surface and pretty much all hell breaks loose immediately. Um, once you get there, you realize that the uh, native wildlife is not friendly and is quite hostile. And there's also some other, I don't know, I don't want to ruin anything either. There's another force, so to speak, on the planet. Um, and you get there and these crazy like weather slash electricity anomalies start happening on the planet uh, on the planet's surface. And then there's a power struggle between you and sort of your group of friends and the person who's supposed to be the leader. Uh, and the leader is not a nice guy. It turns out that he he's more concerned about sticking to the mission than making sure that everyone's all right. And that begins sort of the rub between the group, the, the group that lands on the planet's surface. And from there, the game becomes sort of a traditional cover-based third-person shooter. And this is why I wonder if People Can Fly did the Gears game, because...
1: The they combat, did. I just looked that up. They
0: did, um, yeah. because the combat is very much like gears. There's, I have. Here's one thing though. There's no active reload. I really thought that there would be. At least yeah, I, I mean, haven't. We've, t- we've talked about that
1: before. That it's weird that no one steals that.
0: Yeah, I don't get it either, Matt. And there, and it's not in this game either. At least not that I have found with the classes that I've played as. Uh, but there's a really good cover system. Uh, there's a really good system to link between cover, as far as like rolling from one piece of cover to another um the auto aim is not especially generous you have to actually do a lot of the aiming yourself that was a little shocking to me at first it took me a little while to get my head around it but once i got used to it i felt like the aiming was good and the gunplay felt good and the cover stuff feels good but matt where this game really shines is the weapons the weapons in this game are crazy um just the very first weapon i got with the class that i chose was this It wasn't even really a shotgun. It fired kind of like four pellets and then the fourth pellet would explode. And so (laughs) it became, it was almost like an M16. You fired in bursts and then the final round of that burst would explode. And once you got good and you started shooting with it, you'd learn the the rhythm of it to where you were just like, pop, 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 pop. And the enemy heads would just go kapoosh. Very um, satisfying combat, very rewarding combat. Um, The game is very pretty, I wouldn't say it's Gen 9 pretty. You can tell that this game was kind of built for the PS4 and uh, Xbox One first. Uh, but it does run well on PS5. I've been playing it on the PlayStation 5. And the footage that you're seeing is on PlayStation 5 at, at, at 1080p, obviously. Another thing I will say is I did get a new capture card for my birthday. So <laughs> our B-roll should look amazing going forward. We also have the capability to capture in 4K, though obviously we can't stream in 4K. So what you're seeing here is just 1080p. Uh, but the game is pretty and polished and pretty well done, but it doesn't have that like next-gen sort of polish all over it that you might expect. But again, we're kind of in that first wave of uh, next-gen stuff anywhere where everything is kind of straddling the line between Gen 8 and Gen 9. And this game definitely does that, but it, it does look good. And it does run well as well. It, the frame rates seem to be pretty steady. Um, as far as how the game is set up, it's linear. Uh, it's a lot like Gears in that way. You're kind of running down cattle chutes. And there are there there are some like more open areas where you can kind of flank and get around the side of enemies and things like that. And the enemy AI is smart, too. They will flank you. In fact, you'll see in some of the first combat footage in this how some of the enemies act. Um, and it's all online as well. So you can play through the campaign cooperatively. I believe it's up to four players, but I never got more than one partner to play with me. But I think it's four total that can play through the campaign together. Um, And there's a hub, and this is what really reminds me of Anthem. Like when you go back to the hub, like after you go through the initial parts of the game, you end up getting frozen again. So you're in Cryo on the way to the planet. You wake up, all hell breaks loose. You go back into Cryo. And you go to sleep for like 31 years or something like that. And then you wake up 31 years later, and some of the people didn't go to sleep at all. So some of the people who were, like, in the initial parts of the game are now old. They're, like, in their 60s and 70s. And they're like, oh, my God, you're so lucky you were asleep. It's been a freaking nightmare. And what has happened is all the plans have just gone to crap. Everything that they were supposed to do when they got there, like, all of the science and the experiments that they were supposed to do and the – Camps that they were supposed to set up, and all the outposts that they were supposed to create, and all the towers that they were supposed to build to send signals to each, all of it's just gone to crap. And basically, everyone who didn't go back into cryo has just been scratching to stay alive. And they've all congregated in this kind of base behind these big steel kind of walls. And life just basically sucks. And you wake up and you're like, What's going on? And they're like, Well, you haven't lived through this, man. We've been in the cut. Trying to survive through this insanity. And so that's where you come in and you're like you are a I wouldn't say a secret soldier. You're like an elite soldier. And people thought that your kind was gone. And that you that you you the people like you were, were not gonna be able to help them in their fight. So when you come out of cryo they're, some are pissed off because they're like, wait a minute, like, where have you been for 31 years? But then they also start to realize, hey, this guy's a badass. and He might actually be able to change our, our situation that we've been in for the last 30 years. And so that's kind of the setup. Not long after you come out of Cryo, surprise, surprise, you discover there's someone else that's your kind as well. And that's kind of one of your first missions is to go and like rescue them. Um, but that's kind of the setup for the game. The base is pretty big. Um, and then there, like the Division, there's like these kind of gates that you go out that will send you out into the world to complete missions. But the missions aren't – it's not really like an open world game like the Division is where you can just kind of wander around and get into trouble and stumble across missions and finish the missions. Um, they're all kind of just fed to you and then you go out and complete the mission and then head back to base. Um, and then also because you are this special soldier, you also have special powers. And each of the four classes have – a different set of special powers and there's three uh, there's one that's tied to the left shoulder button there's one that's tied to the right shoulder button and then there's one that you can fire off by pressing both of the shoulder buttons together again typical control scheme for games like this as far as your specials are concerned um and then for the class that you're seeing the class that i chose to play as first he's like a pyromancer so he can fire like a, a path of fire he can, if you squeeze both of the, of the shoulder buttons at the same time, he does this kind of, like, fire whip that pulls the enemies in towards you. And a lot of the game is managing that. The cooldowns are pretty chill. Uh, you can, like, for instance, that fire trail that I could use with the class I started with, you can fire that off pretty frequently. Like, it's not one of those games where your specials are special, and that you use it, and then five minutes later, you're, like, praying to God that, like, the cooldown is finished. It's... The way the combat is designed, they want you to keep using it, and they want you to learn how to use it to build combos. And that becomes a very important part of the game. As you get farther into it, you start taking on bigger enemies. Like, the first couple missions, like, you can just use your gun and then fire off your special every once in a while and kill them. After a while, though, you have to start working together with your teammates um, to take out some of the bigger enemies. Because some of the the mini-boss guys, like, they almost have like a pattern where they build up to these crazy attacks that can literally just wipe you out like with one blow and a lot of the game is managing the ebb and flow between those powerful attacks from the enemies knowing when to unload yourself knowing when to coordinate with your teammate or teammates if you have more than one um to unload on enemies when they're sort of weak and they're vulnerable um so there's a good bit of strategy to the combat uh it's it's very visceral the audio is really good the only thing I would say that and look, it's it's a beta, and so I don't want to be too harsh on it, it's basically just a preview build that they've let us play. The one thing I will say is it feels like the game was made in Europe. <laughs> like there's a little <laughs> bit of like Eurojank I mean, to the game. Like some of the some of the dialogue <laughs> in the game is a little weird. It doesn't make a lot of sense. Some of the writing, it feels like it may have been written by someone who's ESL, maybe English wasn't their first language. There's some awkward moments in the game where you're like, what? Like, why would you say that right now? Stuff like that. Which is
1: weird because you're going through Epic, and they do know how that works. So, I don't yeah. know.
0: Yeah. Well, this is a um, Square Enix game. Square Enix is published. Oh, uh, Square? Yeah. yeah. Um, All but, right. But that still, explains, I mean, explains a few things. Still, Square Enix has a great, you know, U.S. branch that usually handles this stuff. Mm. Mm. no you don't feel Mm. that way
1: (laughs) i mean not when it comes to translating i I, i'm surprised that they didn't make the outriders seem like throw in more grunting
0: (laughs) well there is a lot of that and that's also where kind of the gears aesthetic kind of comes through it is very much like a, a meathead game
1: yeah, well, no I meant more like the Final Fantasy 7 so like Oh, oh
0: that kind of no. thing. well that's just that's Square Enix Japan is going to do that. Yeah, well
1: that's an anime thing but like it's uh, I it would be fun to see Outriders be forced to put that in the game to be on Square Enix brand. Yep. Um but uh my thing with it is it just looks utterly generic visually. Like I there is not an, a single thing about it that makes my eyes interested in that game. Yeah. Um it's a it it just I don't know. Like, like I look at it, and I instantly want to look at something else. (laughs) Like, it it doesn't look bad technically. Like, it looks fine, like you said. But, like, art direction-wise, I'm just like, oh, like, that could be anything.
0: There's a lot of red and brown. I'll put it to you that way. Um, And, you know, again, it's a beta, and so we didn't get to play a ton of the game.
1: Yeah, Uh, but It's it's a little surprising to me from People Can Fly, because I don't like Bulletstorm very much. But I sure as hell know Bulletstorm when I see it.
0: Yep, it is very you know? colorful and very unique and you're right. Like even like the you can create your own character but there are like eight hairstyles and like 10 faces. So the character creation is pretty simple and no matter what I tried, my character always seemed to look like it was one he was one of the cogs. <laughs> like it's mm-hmm. it is very much it is I guess it, it's accurate to say the game is kind of generic. There's not a, a lot of creative spark in the game that I could see. It it seems to borrow a lot of things from games that i like and i'll say this like generally it does pull the best parts of those games into mm-hmm. this game but it is very derivative it is kind of a melting pot as of the modern game as a service with the yeah. benefit of being able to learn from the mistakes of the other games as a service and you're seeing right now like the skill tree gigantic so in a lot of ways it is kind of like an action rpg um, I didn't get far enough into the skill tree to see exactly sort of how robust it is and, ha- and how far you can go through each one to make it actually feel different to play. Um, but I'll say this, the classes do feel different to play um, as far as like mastering kind of the, the ebb and flow of combat and uh, figuring out what to do while not fall- falling into like tropes. Because there's not like, there is like one, like one is a sniper and one is like, the guy who's good at up close, like, melee stuff. And the melee stuff in this is actually pretty uh, robust as well. Um, But none of them just fall into, like, if you're going to play as this guy, you can only stand back and shoot. If you're going to play as this guy, you have to be up in the enemy's face. Like, all of them have a good bit of breadth to them as far as how functional they are against different enemy types and different terrain and different situations. Like, I never felt like as the Pyromancer guy that I played as, that if I was in a long-range situation, I was helpless, or if I was up close with an enemy, I was helpless. Like, sure, I was more effective at mid-range, but I could get the job done at other ranges as well, and I think that's important. Um, So you don't feel like you're getting kind of trapped into one classification as far as combat is concerned. Now, some people may like that, people who want to play cooperatively, because maybe they like that role. They like being the healer. They like being the ranged character who stands back and snipes and looks for headshots. And if you're that kind of player, this game may not appeal to you as much as it did to me. Uh, but as far as like the moment-to-moment play, I, it feels really good, Matt. And the cover system mm-hmm. works really well. Um, it is very generic. It is pretty derivative. Mm-hmm. I will definitely give you that. I don't see a lot of creative spark here. Um, and maybe someday it ends up free-to-play. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, I think it's probably too polished and too big for that, at least at first. And we're going to talk about a game here in a little bit uh, in this episode that um, I didn't think would ever go to -to free-to-play either, but now I'm really starting to wonder. Um, But yeah, like the lower third, I know you can't see it, but the lower third says Gears Division. So Mm -hmm. it is literally a game that just kind of combines a bunch of elements from all the recent games as a service or popular action games uh, from the last five Seven years or so, and kind mm-hmm. of melts into one. Um, but the the beta was great. I haven't not played a beta for a long time that was this robust. I mean, it lets you play as all four classes for as long as you want, basically. So I went through like the whole thing with the first class I chose, which was like the pyromancer class, um, and then I went back and would play through like a mission or two with each one to get a feel for how each one played. Um, and like I said, they feel different, but not helpless in every situation, which I appreciate it, and some people may not. So, Outriders, it's coming to everything but Switch, and it's coming pretty soon. It launches, like, I believe later this month, actually. And I will say this, like, I've played a lot of betas, and this one was really polished. It feels like the game, at least based upon what I got to play, it feels like the game is ready uh, for release it was bug-free. I didn't have any problems like joining servers or having people join my game once I found people to play with. I was actually surprised that a lot of people were like you, Matt. That they maybe they didn't know this was going on or they just didn't care because it was hard for me to get a game with a friend. Um, I think there's no one... a lot
1: of didn't care. I mean, look, when I saw that the trailer and the reveal and stuff, I assumed it was a free-to-play multiplayer game. Yeah. Like, it's they're they're up against uh, a huge uh image problem with this game, I think also the title sucks it does um I'm yeah sure. I, I think there's I think there's no i mean like the the cover like the cover thing with like the, the three people walking towards out of the exploit like, it just looks like <laughs> it looks like someone tried to do their own agents of mayhem game like yeah. it's like it's like it feels like a Xerox of a Xerox. Uh, what I like, not like the footage doesn't look like that in from like the demo necessarily, but like nothing about the game on a surface level entices me to try it.
0: I would agree with that. Um, just looking at it, you're right. It's there's nothing that sticks out. There's nothing that makes it look unique or really play unique i was talking earlier about the weapons are kind of the the focus and the fact that it sounds like there's
1: like kind of a a little bit of a like the the pedigree of the bullet storm combo system is sort of in there like you you, but it sounds like basically unless you know who people can fly is you're probably not going to even look at this twice
0: that's probably a pretty safe bet actually Um, or, or unless you watch Game Face, or so you listen to people like us right. who have been enjoying, and I will say this, I have been, I enjoyed playing it. Like I had a really good time with the game. Um, so I don't want people to go away from this discussion thinking it's terrible um, or something they shouldn't try out. And I think maybe the beta is still up. Actually, I noticed yesterday that it updated on my PS5. I saw it was downloaded. Well, yeah, Because it's update.
1: not a beta; it's a demo. So presumably, it will stay there at least until launch. You think? Um, it was a demo. They want you to try it and then buy it.
0: They want you to get hooked. The other thing about it too is that um, your progress in this carries over to the final game. So whatever you make it through, anything you unlock, um, anything as far as your skill trees and stuff like that, all that's going to be there. But I'll say this.
1: Clearly it's a first first one's free situation. I imagine this will stay up pretty much permanently.
0: And I'll say this too, Matt. Like, I have a friend who's a gamer back in Philadelphia who I've been playing games with for literally, like, decades. And he reached out to me, and he's like, he likes games as a service. like they, he, He's like a sucker for him. He's already played, like, Destiny 2 to where he can't play it anymore. Like, he's played every piece of content that they put out. And he was like, what should I try next? And he asked me that, like, a month ago. And I told him, I'm like, have you played The Division 2? And he was like, nope. And I was like, then that's probably what you should play. So he installed it. And then he called me, and he's like, hey, Will you install it and play with me and kind of show me the ropes? And I was like, sure. So I reinstalled it again. By the way, it's like the file size is huge. It's like like 150 gigs. So I installed it, played with him for like a day, and then uninstalled it. But I think people like that who are Destiny fans or whatever and like games like this and are like, what am I supposed to play? Like I would probably recommend that he now would move to outriders instead of continuing to play the division two despite despite the fact that Ubisoft is doing a great job of supporting the division two still. so um and going back to the two the division two was an interesting uh, trip as well, I would say. I thought I was going to be able to go in and like carry him, but the way that they balance the enemies in that game, like they do a good job, they've really figured it out. Like, it was challenging for both of us. And he was a noob. He was, like, level 3 or whatever. I was level, I don't even remember, like, 50 or something. Um, and it was still engaging and fun for both of us to play. So Ubisoft's done a pretty good job with The Division, too, if you haven't checked it out in a long time. I had fun. Um, but I'll say this. I had more fun playing this because this still, to me, feels, like, more refined, more advanced. Um, it feels like the combat I enjoyed a lot more because, again, it's, like, this rhythmic thing where you learn the timing of using your weapons and then firing your special off. Uh, So there's something about it. There's something to it. Uh, I really enjoyed it, and I played it all weekend long. I don't know if I'll stick with it, because obviously there's other stuff that you and I have to keep chugging along for the show and stuff like that. Uh, But I think it's definitely worth checking out. The demo's out there. It's free for everyone. It's big. You'll have a pretty good idea on whether you want to spend the money on the final game after you've given the demo a go. Uh, And let's move on. We're going to talk next about the game that I mentioned in the open. Uh, that I said that Matt and I had played back, like, bef- and here's the thing. So, we had a rundown already for this episode, like, a month ago. And it was interesting going back and looking at that because I did the run. I was going to try to do Game Face the following Tuesday after all this happened. I tried so hard. I captured footage of this werewolf game. I had set up the whole rundown, I had a B roll for everything, and I just couldn't do it because I literally thought I was going to die. Uh, But this game, I did play, and and the reason I want to talk about it still is because there's really no other game like it. And I I can't remember the last time I played as a werewolf in a video game, Matt. Can you?
1: Um... I can remember killing them. Uh, I can't remember being one beyond, like, Elder Scrolls. Like, you could be a werewolf in Skyrim,
0: I think. Yeah. But why are there no werewolf games? It looks like Resident Evil Village is going to have werewolves in it, but I I doubt you're going to play as one. Who knows? Maybe it's possible.
1: No, I I wouldn't think so. It would be cool if
0: you could, but I doubt it.
1: Like I guess, does altered beast count?
0: (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) Um, it does actually.
1: (laughs) I guess not a lot. It's not a lot out there. Um,
0: Why is that? I mean, it seems to me like it's a no-brainer for gamers. Like,
1: I don't know. Like, I guess. I mean, I guess Wolf Among Us. it's not really an
0: action game, but like you can do that. Um,
1: Vincent brings up:
0: Does Twilight Princess count? Kinda, a little bit. Yeah, I mean you, you turn into a wolf. Yeah.
1: Um, yeah, I mean it's just uh, I think one of the Castlevania games. The the the, the second N sixty the N sixty four game is sort of a remake of the original N sixty four game. Yeah. You played it. You could play as a werewolf in that. Yeah. Uh, that game was terrible though. Um, yeah, it's not common. Why uh,
0: is that? Like, I, it's, it seems like a missed opportunity to me. Because look, I man, mean, I, I, think, I, think I forced for a myself long time to play it, this game because of it.
1: I think for a long time because uh, it was hard to do fur. Ah.
0: Um,
1: also because it, it, the instant you commit to making uh, a character that can transform in other things, you have to do two characters. Yep. And this game the actually has again. three. Yeah, you have three forms in this, uh, which is uh, shrinking it down for the uh, original game. Uh, the, the, RP, the actual tabletop RPG where you have five.
0: Yeah, we should have mentioned that, um, actually. So this game is based upon the World of Darkness tabletop RPGs. Uh, mm-hmm. They're very popular, and I honestly had never heard of them because I don't play tabletop games that much or at all. Really. You have
1: heard of them, though, because what? you know what Vampire of the Masquerade right. is. Yeah, it's in the
0: same universe as Vampire the Masquerade, which was just... It was actually was... first. Right. Um, so I was into these
1: back in the day. Uh, and, uh, I mean, they're still around, but back in the early 90s, Uh, werewolf was actually the first one and vampire came second vampire blew up Um, which is why the game
0: came first
1: (laughs) yeah, werewolf was sort of the also ran, well it's also because of why vampire has gotten multiple games and werewolf has not Um, uh, werewolf I think has had uh, two, this this is the second werewolf the apocalypse game Um, also there was was a werewolf game on um, NES Uh, big yellow cover uh, it was very very hard, and you had your arms became like scythes. Uh, werewolf, Werewolf the Last Warrior, or something like that. Anyway, um, that's the only other a- a werewolf I can think of um, where you play as a werewolf, and I don't even think you played you could play as anything other than the wolf form in that. Anyway, uh, Werewolf the Apocalypse it's also interesting to play. a werewolf, werewolf the Apocalypse game later in this month. Now that Bloodlines Two is probably dead, um, Do you think
0: it's dead because it was just delayed. To. They they
1: they shut the developer down. Like it's it's gone. Like if they do if that game does come out, it's gonna be remade from the ground up. Like there's no way. Like I, I don't think we will ever see Vampire Bloodlines 2. Wow. Um
0: That's uh, crazy, man. If
1: we do, it will be a Prey Two situation. Where it'll it's be like completely revived by thing. some other
0: developer like eight years later or something. Yeah, it'll be a
1: completely different game. Not that we'd ever know necessarily because you know, more was shown of Prey Two than what you know ended up. What yeah, we got shown of bloodlines too, um, but it won't be the same thing. It'll probably end up being something like this game—a like weirdly janky, mediocre uh, action RPG uh, that thinks it has a story, but is actually really boring. Um, but it is interesting to see like the werewolf, the apocalypse mythos, sort of like translated into games and sort of done straight. Like they don't shy away from the weird shit in this one. They talk about all the. You know all the weird, you know the the worm and the and the wild and the weaver, the three forces that are all in in uh, in in struggle in the werewolf world.
0: Yeah, because the basic setup um, of this is that there there is an evil corporation that's basically desecrating the world, yeah. and the Wolverine Entex. clan is or the wolf clan is trying to stop them from yeah. Destroying- it's-
1: the in werewolf there's an overarching megacorp called pentex which is uh run by what's called the war there's there's the wild which is what the werewolves are it's like a form of life-giving chaos there's the weaver which is order so so uh war, wild is chaos weaver is order the weaver is personified by giant spiritual spiders and whenever you make you humans build things that's the weaver like when you when you order things and then the worm Is balance the worm is supposed to balance order and chaos, but at some point the weaver went mad and started that, which is what represents like the explosion of civilization and industrialization, and the worm was poisoned, and so the worm is just a force of pure destruction and madness now, and so the werewolves' job, werewolves see it as their job, Uh, they're soldiers of Gaia who are basically defending the planet against these. Like these these forces of destruction that are trying to overtake the and, and destroy the balance of nature. And Pentex is um kind of a stand-in for every mega corporation. Pentex is not like our necessarily like our corporate Pentex is controlled by the worm and it's trying to destroy the environment. Like their whole goal is to do that. And you're up in this, most of the time in this game, you're up against Endron, which is a subsidiary of Pentex, which is a very slightly veiled Enron um there's a lot of i read a bunch of the old source books again just after i played this to remind myself of all the kind of the, the stuff and it was it cracked me up i tweeted this but i cracked cracked me up like one of the source books from 2000 um lists all the different pentex like subsidiaries and one of them is a biotech corporation called magadon
0: <laughs> wow is
1: life too fucking weird or what
0: <laughs> that is weird
1: um and so so like that's kind of the, the setup and the premise and the fun thing about this game is that like all the corporations are conveniently walking distance from your nest your, your yeah. werewolf lair. it's very 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 fun um, and you play I, I can't remember the name of the guy. He has some weird na- weird name.
0: I don't remember it either it's but you play as a werewolf
1: guy who like in the prologue he uh uh he he had to go res- rescue his wife from her infiltration mission at the at the corporate corporation place and gets confronted by what's called a black spiral dancer which is an evil werewolf those are the evil werewolves there's all these tri- different tribes of werewolves but there's a there's one tribe that that de- delved too deep in the evil worm world <laughs> and became the, the black spiral dancers and they're like the bad guy werewolves and the were- he, he ki- the, the bad the black spiral dancer kills his wife in front of him and he turns into his werewolf form his crinos form which is the you know, the tradition because you can turn into a normal wolf or you can turn into like a half man half wolf. That's like the big super powered awesome form. Yeah. And uh, you can just turn you he, basically he, turn
0: into a dog or you can turn into a yeah. werewolf. Yeah. And
1: he turns into a, a friend. He goes frenzy and he kills uh, he kills the the enemy, but he also kills one of his pack mates and has to go off and like be exile, in exile basically. because he went crazy and then eventually he comes back and finds his daughter is there and growing up and is
0: trying well, a lot to, of you know, a lot of his pack dies is what happens yeah he like they, they, the, the fight against
1: uh, against the companies has not been going well and he stays to help them out and that's yep. kind of the basic premise of what's happening
0: and uh so you can basically turn into any of those forms whenever you want um mm-hmm. if you turn into the werewolf and you can't see it, but uh, we're running B roll of that right now. Mm. Very, it's a very gory button masher. Yeah. Is the best. You gotta to- got
1: have rage to turn to the, the, the half, half and half form, but like it ends the fight pretty quick. Yeah. Like that's the thing I don't get it because this game really tries to make you stealth and sneak around as it's a, a, a wolf and a human. Game,
0: honestly. But like,
1: there's no real downside to just turning into the werewolf and killing everybody.
0: There's not. Um, it's so also like, pretty absurd. It's like, because... do
1: I want to spend 10 minutes sneaking through this area? Or do I want to spend 10 seconds cutting people apart and just get on with it? Yeah. Uh, that the, was the struggle I ran into. The werewolf
0: stuff is very simple. There's basically light attack and, and, and strong attack. Um, so there's not a lot of nuance to... Th- and again, that's no. why I called it a button masher. You pretty much just mash like buttons that, and kill.
1: There's like that incredibly rudimentary skill tree, which right. is almost just like cute.
0: Yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh, <laughs> it's it, so it, small.
1: Look who thinks he's an action RPG. That's adorable kind of thing. Yeah. Um, I will say I really like the transition animations. Yeah. Like when you when you transform, it looks really cool. It's yeah. like really instant, but it looks... It's super smooth. Like it's a yeah. really, it really... It feels nice to change forms and then as far
0: as the dog form is concerned like you really only use it to like go through like these air ducts to get you from one room to the next it, it really just kind of ties into the stealth gameplay more than anything and yeah, it was well, also
1: like not as noticeable like people don't freak out when they see a wolf running around so much in the woods and it's faster than the other forms
0: except most of the time you're not in the woods in this game you're in some like nondescript like factory slash warehouse slash compound
1: yeah with a lot of convenient barriers Lots set up to sneak corrugated steel
0: walls and, like...
1: But, uh, well, I mean, the, the wolf is just sort of smaller and easier to, to navigate around. And then, like, if you get... There's, like, a, a skill you can get that makes them, like... Makes the wolf form even harder to notice. Yeah. So, basically, it's like, oh... You, you basically get, like, almost a, a full 30 seconds before anybody really notices you're there in plain sight. So, it, it, the wolf form is sort of your... Your stealth thing. And if you got to turn into a human to choke a guy out, fine, but like, or hop over something. It's um, it's not they, a difficult
0: game. It's not. Like, no matter how you want to play it. So easy. They try to make you stealth. Like the game prods you to play it like a stealth game. Yeah. It, it, like,
1: narratively, it wants you to, you know, narratively, you should be quiet. Like yes. you don't want them to know you're there. But if you do just go loud and kill everybody, The doors are real soundproof. Oh, it's absurd, Matt.
0: It's like you're in a room and you massacre. Because the other thing is this is one of those games where enemies just keep flooding in. And, like, there are actually, like, if you go in stealthy, you can kind of sabotage the portals that bring in enemies so you don't have to fight as many of them if you don't want to. But they'll keep spawning and coming in. And you can murder, like, 40 guys in a room, go into the next room, and it's like nothing ever happened. And you can hear them screaming, and they're firing their shotguns, yeah. and like you go to the next like you room. You can't see
1: in the other room from the new room anymore because the first rooms got, just got blood covering yeah. the window, <laughs> it's, and so re- it's like
0: the game's really gory. Yeah, it goes over the top with the gore. Um, but you're right; like it tries to tell you to play the game stealth. There's really no reason to do it that way at all. Yeah, and like you
1: could, you could have like some kind of dishonored thing, where like the more stealth you blow, like the 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 harder the game gets, or like. Your pack mates don't trust you as much anymore or like like there could have been some kind of narrative or character based penalty for for playing, you know, violently too much Uh, or like, you know, there's even there is even something like that in the actual RPG where you have like rage that builds up and it makes it harder to control your character. but that's not here at all. Like, there's no, there's no penalty for just hacking and slashing your way through everything.
0: It is not um, a subtle or. Um, and nuanced some people may game. not consider
1: that a negative, but like, <laughs> it just gets tedious. Like at a certain point, like if you hit a point where you're like, I'm having trouble with this stealth section. It's like, why don't I just kill everybody? Yeah. Like, there's no incentive to play the game the way the game wants you to play it.
0: Yeah, it's not very subtle or nuanced. I mean, that's no. pretty much also the- like if you're playing a werewolf game,
1: don't you want to be a werewolf and hack people up? Like, you're, like the, the point of the game- stuff al- is so weird. It's almost like Death Stranding. It's like the point of the, the game wants you to play it boring. Like it if if an exciting thing that can only happen in that game happens, it's because you screwed up. That's how the werewolf thing is. It's like, oh yeah, I got to play as a werewolf, but I wasn't supposed to. Like it's, it's And it's also strange. absurd.
0: Like, you know, the enemy AI is just idiotic and they'll stand there. Like you can walk right in their field of view and they don't see you. And, like, mm-hmm. once you get the uh, crossbow, even the stealth has no challenge anymore. Because the crossbow, it's like one-hit kills, and you can just walk around and just shoot people in the back of the head with the crossbow and clear them all out. It... It really the the lack of challenge is what made me stop playing the game after a while because the the combat isn't. What, you
1: weren't engrossed in the scintillating tale being told. No,
0: like well, first of all, like I don't know as much about the source material as you do, so a lot of it this doesn't help. Yeah, I, I mean, a lot of the stuff that they were saying and talking about, like I had no clue. I'm like, whoa, that's like way over my head. And there are supposedly why is he talking
1: me this giant tree? Right. Ghost like, I didn't know what was like, going like, on
0: half the time. There are, like, uh, when you have dialogue with NPCs, there, it appears that there's, like, branching dialogue, but I couldn't tell that it had any effect on anything later on in the game. No, like, I, As
1: far as I could tell, it didn't change anything.
0: Yeah. It seemed like it's just, like, there for shits and giggles, for the most part.
1: Like, you can, like, make people respond to you. It's like, you know, like, you can either say things that are supportive or, like, kind of asshole to your daughter when you first meet her again for the first time in, like, five years, but, like, the same things happen, anyway, you know, regardless of what yeah. you know. Her, her response to you is either like irritated or angry, but like you still the next level is still the same, it's still the next level, like there's no difference.
0: Yep. Um, and so the game is 50 bucks, that's way too much for this game. Um, it is available for pretty much everything, but I would recommend mm-hmm. this game at like 25, 30 max.
1: Yeah, also, this, this thing has like. And ends up on Game Pass and or PlayStation Plus, all over it.
0: Guaranteed. Like, yep, you're going to be able to get this game free very soon. Is my guess. I wouldn't be surprised if it's before like you know September or whatever. It's like a free game uh, because here's the thing: it it does have some promise, Matt. It's not terrible. Um, yeah, there's not. There's
1: not. It's not like this is a bad idea. It's not like what they're trying to make is like, oh my god, why'd you even bother? Yeah. It's like, no, there's a there's a good game in here somewhere.
0: Yep. If they had like another two years or something like that to work on it, mm-hmm. like it might actually have been something. But you're right, like the RPG stuff is just like tacked on and irrelevant. Yeah. Uh, the combat isn't deep enough and nuanced enough to carry the game. That's why I got sick of it after a few mm-hmm. hours of the combat. I it wasn't expanding enough, and I just got tired of doing the same stuff over yeah, and
1: it's over. It's very constrictive, and also like, like this kind of like the werewolf. Property sort of demands a bigger world. Like it demands, it demands like a like a forest to run around in. Sort of like uh, like a Assassin's Creed Valhalla or something like. The whole, the, some themes of that tabletop game are centered on the wild and sort of like, like that would, it would make a lot more sense if this game played more like Ghost of Tsushima yep. in terms of layout Agreed. than like linear stealth sections, stealth levels. It's a very strange direction to take it.
0: Yep. So there's something here. Um, I don't know if they'll get to make another game because my guess is it's going to fail miserably. Um, it, it did not review terribly. Uh, it no. seemed like most critics kind of were like us. There's like something here, but they just didn't nail it with this first entry. I don't know if they'll get another shot at it. Um, I don't know. Also
1: like, this is like what they do. I mean, this is the same team that made, um, sticks. You know, those, those sticks games, those
0: knockoff stealth games. Yeah. Yeah. The
1: stealth, like goblin games. Mm-hmm. Like it's, you know, we talked about Eurojank earlier. <laughs> <Yeah. and that's... laughs>
0: it's, this definitely has its share for sure. Um, but I do think it has, there's something there. I, I think it, it has an opportunity if they could give them another shot at the game. But maybe you're right. You know, they've already made a couple of Sticks games and they weren't great. So maybe there really isn't any opportunity here with this. I um, mean, maybe they I will mean, let them make I, another I, one, though, too, because they let them make two Sticks games. So
1: True. I mean, about Sticks was also, the first Sticks also gained traction because it was a PlayStation Plus giveaway. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, I don't know. Like, I mean, I don't know why you picked that developer to do your werewolf game. Um, it's not like they did a tremendously bad job, but it is focused on their strength, which is stealth. Yeah, and I, mean, I don't mean, you knew know it was going to be a is...
0: stealth game when you gave that studio yeah. the IP, and that was a poor uh, decision. I don't know why, why that was IP. what you
1: thought. Like that totally makes sense for werewolves. <laughs> um, I don't know. So I got the you know like the vampire bloodlines. Like you know, even though Bloodlines Two is probably gone. Like. The appeal of those of the Bloodlines game was that like it understood that the vampire thing was about uh, character work and interacting. You know, the, the Bloodlines is interesting because it's almost all dialogue driven. It's yeah. like there's, there's fighting in it, but it's like you're playing a character. You're you're interacting with all these other characters. Dialogue is very meaningful. Change can change the how the whole game functions. Unlike this one, and like who you pick and the character you make is central to you know if you if you pick a of entrue in, in bloodlines, you are going to be playing in the halls of power. If you pick pick a Nosferatu, you are going to be stuck in the sewers. Like yeah. it changed how the game played. And in this one, not only do you not get to pick from the various kinds of werewolf tribes, which are all different and very interesting, it would have made a, a more interesting way to kind of interact with the world by you know seeing it through the lens of these different tribes. You're stuck with this one dude who's already created and is kind of generic anyway. And beyond that, like he belongs to uh, the, I can't remember the name because I can never pronounce it, but like it's its a tribe that's based in like uh, Ireland and England and they're sort of the singers and tale tellers of the werewolf community, but he's just sort of a guy who hits things and it's, like he <laughs> doesn't come off as someone from that tribe and not everyone has to be the same in the, in all the different, you know, clans and stuff, but like It was weird that to find out he was that, I mean, that's a deep lore thing, but it's weird to find out that that was his tribe. Cause I'm like, Oh, I would would not have guessed that one. Okay. That's an interesting take on that. I mean, I've been, I've been out of the game for a long time. They've revised it a lot in the last 10, 15 years, but like, I don't think it's gotten that weird. Um, and still this isn't the only game set in this
0: universe. There was like a digital novel, basically, that was released before. Yeah, this. they've done a couple of those. And there's another uh, one coming too. Another game set in World of Darkness. So
1: yeah, a, a werewolf, uh werewolf. The the werewolf Heart of the forest yeah. uh, came out like last week.
0: Yeah, um, that's the digital like a novel. novel. Yeah, the done, PC one actually came out way before that, though. It came out on consoles last week.
1: Uh they've done a couple of um, uh, vampire ones like that too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um same, same format. Uh it's funny. Like I think the the most like six other than bloodlines, the most successful uh games they've made out of World of Darkness stuff is probably the Hunter the Reckoning games. Um you remember those? Yeah, absolutely. The, the, like those those like kind of hack and slash Diablo ish yep. yep. games. Um that was also part of World of Darkness. Um like there's there's no reason World of Darkness video games couldn't be good. They just aren't
2: <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: You don't have the budget, You don't. so you don't have the developer. I mean, that's really what yeah. it comes down to. So, um, I, I think they're going to stick with it, though. I think we're going to get more games, and hopefully they'll give maybe this to another studio where it makes more sense. Because stealth, to me, just doesn't – it just doesn't fit. Um, and, again, I don't no, know a lot like, about – No, like if you got this
1: werewolf thing topics. in your back pocket, you want to make like, like a God of War.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Yep, and it – it has the opportunity to be something like that if they actually put mm-hmm. it in the hands of the right developer. So we'll see. But anyway, there you go. That's Werewolf Earthblood. And that's, I'm just going to call it Werewolf Earthblood because the titles are really long. And what you really need to remember is Werewolf and the subtitle.
1: Werewolf colon the apocalypse hyphen <laughs> right. Earthblood. Yeah,
0: it's exactly what it Ampersand. Yeah, they're insane. <laughs> uh, so anyway, there you go. That's Werewolf. Dash M- the Reckoning. <laughs> All right, next we're going to talk about Sony's state of play that just happened. I think maybe a lot of people had high expectations for this. Um, I think they (laughs) might have been... For some reason. For some reason, which was misguided, because Sony was very upfront about what it was. Um, It it said right before it even happened that it was not going to have first-party games in it. Uh, It was going to be third-party stuff, and it was going to be stuff that's coming soon, which means... Stuff that we already knew about. I mean, if anybody expected them to just show a game at this and then have it released in the next two months, like the chances of that happening are, are nil to zero. So anyone who's bummed out over this, I feel like you either weren't paying attention, you weren't using Sifted, or your expectations were just completely out of whack. Now, with that said, I, I will say this. It did feel like a retread of the initial sort of PS5 software blowout. Uh, which makes sense because, you know, that initial blowout was like, hey, here's the stuff that's coming soon. Um, and then this was, hey, here's the stuff that's coming real still, soon. Still
1: soon. <laughs> but not we, here we yet. It this time.
0: Yeah. There was, I think. Launch
1: for... <laughs> window.
0: <laughs> there was, I think, for some people, like, one big thing, though, that was in this. And that is Final Fantasy VII Intergrade. Which is it's sort not, of a... It's not a
1: square game if you didn't make a word up. <laughs> yeah,
0: exactly. Which is kind of, a, it's kind of a two-pronged approach update to Final Fantasy VII. It is, mm. on one hand, it is the PlayStation 5 upgrade for the Final Fantasy VII remake. Um, and you'll see eventually in this B-roll here, they even put out like a comparison video to Square Enix Yeah, made. so somebody
1: over there has been watching uh, Digital Foundry videos. <laughs> Absolutely.
0: They put out their own comparison video. But also, it is kind of an, an expansion. Um, the first sort of extra content to the remake that features Uffy. Uffy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm thinking of the uh, pop star Uffy. Yuffy. Yuffy. Yuffy, yeah. yeah. And still no word on the PC version of this, Matt. Are you surprised that we... Still haven't got an update on that stuff?
1: Not completely. Square has a, a kind of a sketchy PC history. Um, and I imagine they know their, their core audiences on console. So um, PlayStation's they'll, they'll getting get a there. lot of
0: run out of this this exclusivity window. Yeah, it's
1: also another excuse to like uh put it out again.
0: Do you think Sony you know, paid more money for this, for this expansion?
1: Uh no, because I think it's on everything, isn't it? It's what? i think it's on everything isn't it isn't isn't this is like the the multi-platform release basically oh it is that's what i that's what i thought this that was my understanding when i watched it oh i didn't that think it's so all, all it's all coming on june 10th for everything oh, but, I the, didn't know but that. the gimmick but the gimmick is that uh ps4 owners get a free upgrade uh, okay if you don't if you want it on another system you have to buy it uh oh, okay. separately
0: so um, wait, you're saying it's coming to like, Xbox Series on June 10th?
1: That's what I thought. I don't think so. Is it just an
2: expansion?
0: I think it is, and I think it's just for PlayStation right now. Maybe someone in chat can clarify, but that's what I thought it was. Hmm. Yeah, it's not on anything else yet. Yeah, it's only going to be on. It's still going to be a PlayStation exclusive. Um, the All Xbox right. version hasn't even been confirmed yet. In fact.
1: So well that's that I guess that is surprising. I don't know. I from from what I had understood the exclusivity deal ended in April.
0: That's but, what I'm uh, saying. Like Sony's getting a lot of run out of this deal that it made with Square Enix for this.
1: Yeah. I don't know.
0: Um which if you're a PlayStation owner that's great. Um this game looked pretty good even before the PS5 upgrades. And the, the, the Well. Funny, well, I thought it did. Um And then the weird part though is like the when they show the comparison stuff and this B roll will get to it eventually. When they show it, like I don't even know that the PS5 footage looks better to be honest with you. Like, it's just got more lighting really, yeah. But like they'll do the side by side, and like in some scenes, I feel like the PS4 version looks better. Like, I don't know why.
1: Mm, I mean, some of it's a little easier to. uh, Here's the other thing is like, like I appreciate what they're doing with the side by side thing, but it's a 1080p stream. Like it's like it's it's not a it's not the proper venue to do a like a look how bet much better the resolution is because you have no idea re- what resolution people are seeing this in yeah like on stream That's like you're true. you're yeah. losing a lot of the detail so just to, so to me watching it on my 4K TV on the stream I was just like well I can tell that the lighting is more detailed and, like there's like light sources are giving stuff out when he walks by the lamp and stuff but like I wasn't seeing the big jump in resolution and texture detail really because. Twitch is not the place for that. I thought the PS4
0: version looked like there was more contrast. Like the darks looked darker and the lights looked lighter. Overall, the PS5 stuff just looked like it was almost like had a higher tint level or something to it. I don't know. But either way, technically... They're definitely leaning hard
1: into the colored lighting on the PS5 version
0: That's part of it. it. That could be it, yeah, which would then make the scenes maybe look lighter. Um, Mm -hmm. So that does make sense. Uh, but again, I thought the PS4 version looked pretty good for a PS4 game in the first place. So, somewhat. I mean, that's
1: pretty funny. I, if I remember right, when that game came out, like, youth didn't think it looked very good, and like, like Mitch and I were like, I thought it was pretty good, except that one door. <laughs> like, it's like that one door. Oh, that's no, no, what no, no, I really
0: no. want. No, out in the open world, the textures were terrible.
1: Yeah, yeah. that's what I really want to see. Uh, and they didn't show that comparison. They did. I want to see, I see clouds point. door. Like, like cloud's door had like that ps2 texture on it and i want to see if they fixed the there are a lot
0: of the outdoor textures were pretty yeah. freaking terrible to be honest that
1: right. one i remember though because it's the only one of those that the game forces you to stare at
0: it's right. like, like yeah. other
1: things are just kind of round like okay that thing that yeah a little piece of wood is bad or whatever but like this one is like we are going to focus the camera on this terrible fucking door and you're gonna have to stare at it while tifa knocks on it and it's like no one was like, "Hey, we should probably fix the door that takes up seventy percent of this camera shot." Like, okay. Uh, I mean, I will give him credit for. Um, you know, I we it's been well established that I kind of hate this game. Um, but credit to Square for giving to PS4 owners free, yeah, uh, the upgrade for free. Not every publisher because, is doing uh, that. I mean, the Yuffie stuff is extra, I think, but the actual PS5 version is free if you already own the PS4 version. Meanwhile, Nintendo wants sixty more bucks out of me for the HD remaster of the worst Zelda. So, like, it's <laughs>
2: there's
1: a contrast there uh, that I that I do appreciate, even well, though Nintendo I don't conveniently
0: like the game has no way to sort of do its upgrades because it's been uh, they could charge thirty. That's true.
1: They could, it's it, come. On. God. I, I I was I mean, I know I should know better by now, but when I saw that <laughs> Skyward Sword HD was 60 bucks, my jaw dropped. Yeah. Like, are you kidding me?
0: And unfortunately, that is one thing that will not be in this show. Uh, that was two weeks ago, so we're not gonna talk about that Nintendo. Yeah, that it wasn't. Happen. I mean, there
1: wasn't much. It was
0: too long ago. Um, there was like that, and there was Splatoon 3. Um, yeah, it was
1: just like, oh yeah, Golf. you're gonna you're gonna screw us on the Zelda anniversary. No one's even gonna mention Metroids 35 this year, too. Uh and you know, Breath of the Wild 2 news in November if you're lucky, and yeah. bite me. Like yeah. that was basically that direct. We did
0: get some Pokemon stuff though, and we are gonna oh, yeah, we are gonna talk about that in this show. So we'll get to that eventually. Um and then next up from the state of play, Kenna. Actually, we now know it's called you pronounce it Kena.
1: Hina,
0: yeah. Bridge of Spirits. Um, I learned through the Grapevine this week that this game initially was built by six people.
1: Mm-hmm. Which... It's, a very, it's still a very small team.
0: <laughs> it, it is a small team, but literally the bulk of the game was built by six people, which I don't know how to take that. I mean, first of all, six people building what we've seen so far is mind-blowing. That is amazing. But it also has made me temper my expectations for the game it's either going to be really short or there are going to be parts of the game that are really rudimentary and simple is my guess but Mm -hmm. what they've shown so far wow (laughs) i can't believe i mean the the current
1: team is 14
0: so they've they've they've
1: they staffed up to 14
0: (laughs) they've bloated to 14 at this point yes that's amazing um that it's, I mean, it's a testament to like middleware yeah. and the tools and stuff that you can. Yeah, make and they
1: I mean, on. they have been outsourcing to other company, other studios. Like they've been working with Sparks and uh, stuff, and you know, obviously with Sony. But like, yeah, it's a, it's a small team project for sure.
0: Um, but the combat's looking; it's shaping up to be. It looks really freaking cool. Like I yeah. like everything about it. Um, the maybe, only thing I don't
1: like is uh, the release date. Yeah, that's uh, August is a lot later than I thought this would be coming out, but. Whatever, like, you know, make finish it. For 14-man
0: it team. It's yeah. like, if they get it out this year, I'll be surprised. That's, I mean, maybe it is just like a three- or four-hour game, and it's a sort of simple, like, it's more about telling a great story than it is about combat and sort of building up, like, the character and things like that. I think
1: it is. I mean, I, they've, they've got, like, the village is described as their hub world, and, like, so, I mean, I think it's decent. We're going to be decent-sized. It might be, you know... I don't think it's going to be Valhalla or anything, but uh, I think it'll be decent.
0: But it's crazy just watching this new trailer that they put out, like, to think the amount of people that are working on It's mind-blowing. Like, I don't even know what engine they're using. Are they using Unreal? It's Unreal,
1: I think, uh, if I remember right. It's
0: impressive. I mean, it just shows you, like.
1: Yeah, I think it's Unreal 4, if I remember right.
0: It just shows you what you can do now with middleware. I mean, it used to be when you had Unreal. Also with Talon. Yeah, and like they're,
1: they're good at what they do.
0: But it's still like back in the in the old days, even using Unreal in the hands of someone who was skilled, like you still got crap games. Or you got games well, that Game all look like is, Gears of
1: War. <laughs> well, that's the advantage of Unreal, is you're building on everything that came before. Yeah. Like every time someone implement, you know, every time the Gears team implements some new thing, like there's a new way, like Epic's like, oh, we can do that in the engine now, and now that's becomes available. You know, it's like it, it's like um, it's one of the things that I that Jade Raymond like kind of complained about, or was it Jade? I think maybe it was Amy Hennig, but the one of them complained about it after they got you know laid off from EA and the Star Wars stuff was like it was Amy Amy Hennig. It was um, they talked about how like they were you know they were building making that kind of third person action Star Wars game, which I am still convinced was solo based, and uh, how like there was nothing in the Frostbite two engine. For animating a character, like vaulting over a piece of cover,
0: I, I and don't so know. they Why so, so they had to build using it. that engine. It makes no sense. So they sense. had to
1: build it, and like she's like, what bo- bothers what, one of the things that bothered her was like we spent all that time building that into the Frostbite two engine, and now other teams at EA can use that tech, but we'll never get we'll to never show get to you use we what built. we built it for, kind of thing. And like that's true, but like that's that's an advantage when it comes to something more open source like like Epic's stuff. It's but it's uh, a it can be a problem. Would entirely. rather
0: build broken games, then pay a little bit of a sliver of their profits to another company to use an mm-hmm. engine.
1: Well, also, isn't it interesting that like, um, you know, like we saw this week that, um, uh, uh Dragon Age four is single player because of fallen Order's success in part. And apex legends rest at a new record for, uh, for, uh, simultaneous players last week on steam. And it's like the biggest successes at EA right now, are Respawn games that EA's executive wing didn't want to make.
0: I know, yep, and they're raking in the cash.
1: And I mean, we'll get to that uh, after this when we do go to Anthem, Yep, but uh, it's just fascinating to me how tone deaf that, that company's leadership is it right is now, amazing. and yeah. how Respawn is kind of saving their ass right now.
0: Yeah, and yet they still keep making money hand over fist. It's, yeah. it's like, mind boggling. Yep. Yeah. But uh, yeah, this is, I
1: mean, this looks really good. Obviously, you know, I wish it was coming sooner, but I'm not going to begrudge a team that small for needing to take their time. Uh, It just
0: looks really good, and I want to play it right now. That's all. Um, And then next up is Hyper Light Drifter. Well, not Hyper Light Drifter, the spiritual successor to Hyper Light Drifter, Solar Ash. Um, They showed basically how the game plays, finally. There had been gameplay in trailers before, but this was kind of a guided tour in how it actually plays from the studio itself. Um, And I will say this, after watching this, I was very happy that I drafted this game onto my fantasy team (laughs) towards (laughs) the end. Um, There's actually another game that we're going to talk about in a minute, Deathloop, that I'm also, now that I have seen more of it, I'm a little more encouraged that it's on my fantasy team. Um, But this game, Solar Ash, I think it's, it embodies a lot of what was great about Hyper Light Drifter, but I also think it's going to appeal to a wider audience because I am more interested in this. I liked hyper, hyper Light Drifter, but I am more interested in this game than I was in Hyper Light Drifter. Um, just the speed, um, the, the fact that you're always moving. Um, I know some people may not like that and may say, mm-hmm. oh, that's too much of a departure, but that's why it's not called Hyper Light Drifter 2. So um, it looks unique. It gives me a little bit of like a jet set radio vibe at times, which I'm all about.
1: Yeah, um, I can see that.
0: But it also has like the excellent combat that we got in Hyper Light Drifter, and that's just never going to go away. Um, I like that they're mixing it up with a lot of traversal stuff, and lightning fast, and like the grapple, grapple hook stuff. Um, I just think it looks awesome. I love the art style, mm-hmm. which is definitely in the same class as we got with Hyper Light Drifter. You can tell that they're oh, yeah. brothers and sisters, so to speak. Um, but I think this game is looking hot. I think it's mm-hmm. certainly in line to be, uh, or at least be considered for Indie Game of the Year. Uh, based upon it's also the
1: uh, it's also going to be a lightning rod of controversy that Why? comes out because it's written by Zoe Quinn. Oh, so expect the shitheads to be out in force on this one.
0: But those same shitheads loved Hyper Light Drifter.
1: <laughs> yeah, well, cognitive dissonance is not a problem for them. We are aware of this. But expect yeah, expect uh, the usual dipshit suspects to come for this one because the connection is Zoe Quinn. I
0: didn't even know that she had worked on this game at all. Sometimes it's better to just not know anything and just play the games. It's like I say all the time. like don't I don't worry about the context of stuff. I just play the freaking game. What is the game? Mm-hmm. Let me play it. Um, and sometimes it's much easier to enjoy games that way, I think anyway. Uh, but this thing's looking hot, man. Like, I am really excited for it. I don't get pumped up for a lot of indie games, but this one's definitely got me excited. Um, just this trailer. Like, it's also coming out this year. They don't have a hard release date for it yet, uh, but they said definitely before the end of 2021, so I'm feeling pretty confident that I'm not going to have to fill a hole in my fantasy team for drafting this game. Um, yeah, it just it looks awesome. It's kind of right in my wheelhouse, to be perfectly honest with you, Matt. It's, like, surreal with great combat. Um, and traversal, really good traversal. Uh, I'm really excited for it, and um, I think most people will get over the fact that somebody they may or may may not know wrote it uh, when they start playing. it. At least I hope so. How lame would it be for people to deprive themselves of playing a great game because of some person that worked on it? Which you know is kind of what might happen on the other side with Hogwarts Legacy. To be honest with you, what happens if Hogwarts Legacy ends up being like a Game of the Year candidate? Um, a lot of the people um, who have moral issues with the people working on it, uh, it'll be interesting to see how they handle that. Yeah, activity. here's
1: my guess on that one. It, it won't, won't be. be. <laughs> I know. Because we've played the other games that studio has I know. made.
0: yeah. It's possible, though, that it could be really good. It'll probably
1: be fine.
2: Yeah. It'll
1: probably be, you know, well, but it's, it ain't going to be like, it's not going to be like a revelation like Arkham Asylum was or anything. It's just going to be like, ah, oh, that's okay. Yeah. Um, but it sounds like uh, it's kind of uh, turtles all the way down on that one. I don't know. Harry Potter is like a cursed franchise at this point when it comes to uh, dipshits working on it. I don't <laughs> know. I, I, don't, I don't know what happened there. There just really yeah. hasn't
0: been a great Harry Potter game ever. Let's be honest. For a long no. time, they tried to focus on Kidditch and like that never worked. And. Then they tried to do no, action like, adventure, they, action RPGs. It's just. I think
1: the the first couple game, the first like couple movie games on um, Game Boy Advance were actually really good, like top down action RPGs. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like there's never been a, trame- a truly great Harry Potter game, um, which is weird because it's just, like it's right. I mean, this Hogwarts Legacy thing is right there. Like that that you're, you're, they're basically making the game. Everyone said, why don't you make this? Yeah. Since they started <laughs> Since making the Harry Potter games. Yeah. Um, the problem I, the problem is double. Obviously, you've got they got the, the controversy over Rowling, you got the controversy over the guy the guy, one of the directors on it, but like also like no disrespect intended to, to um to that company avalanche, but like really like the people who made Disney Infinity are the ones you went to for to make the, the big like hotly anticipated Hogwarts. But they also made like, just cause uh i think those are two different
0: oh that's a different the other avalanches. there's
1: two different avalanches
0: oh i thought they were the same one in this case but maybe not
1: no avalanche there's there's, there's two different ones there's avalanche that used to do all the disney stuff that was owned by disney and uh there's avalanche that makes just cause um i thought
0: they were the same for some reason
1: but no those are they're two. Di- it's confusing but there's two so avalanche software is the salt lake city uh company that did uh, Disney Infinity and all the Pixar games and Tack and the Power of Juju, um, and they're the ones doing Hogwarts Legacy. Uh, avalanche Studios does um, Just Cause okay. and Mad Max.
0: See, that's that that's the Avalanche that would make more sense because <laughs> they've made right. open yeah. world games, action open world games.
1: Yeah, um, absolutely. So, so yeah, Avalanche, Just Cause. Avalanche is in Stockholm. And uh, Disney Infinity Hogwarts Avalanche is in Salt Lake City. Yep. Uh, which is funny because those are the two cities I had to go to for that stupid Star Wars show I did <laughs> five years ago. But not for, for only, about only for one of those companies. Interesting. So.
0: That's weird. Uh, let's see. Next up, Returnal. That's House Mark's game. Um, I'll say this I'm a lot more hyped for this after the developer doc that they put out or the developer walkthrough that they put out that mm. really shows the loop. <clears throat> this is a roguelike game that you play over and over again, uh, or a simple way to describe it, it's a Groundhog Day-style video game. Um, and this was the first time that they really showed, okay, this is how it works. This is the loop. You, you go through, you try to clear clear the map, you, you don't do it, you fail, you go back, you relearn, and you try to do it all over again. Um, the one thing I loved about this is you can really see the mark voxel stuff in this demo, and also, like, the bullet hell stuff. Um, there's, like, a bullet hell sh- shmup-type element to yeah, this the, game. Yeah, the
1: mark pedigree is in there. Yeah,
0: which is great, because when I first started seeing this game, I'm like, I, you can't even tell that this is a mark game, but, yeah, you absolutely can. Um, it's pretty clever how they've worked it into it. The other thing I would say, too, is they put out another trailer that was more, like, story-driven, and it almost feels like it could be set in, like, the Aliens universe. Like, I know you don't like Prometheus. I do like it, and I know you hate it. But the one trailer, the story trailer I like they put like about an out, Alien Covenant. Yeah, <laughs> it's true. <laughs> the one trailer that they put out, like, at the around the same period, like, a week ago, really gave me a Prometheus vibe as far as, like, what's going on underneath the hood in this game. I'm really intrigued by it. Now that we've seen, like, the gameplay, I I don't know, man. This game's looking pretty hot, I think. What about you?
1: Yeah. I mean, it looks, I was always interested both because of the pedigree and because of the concept. Um, like I'll see, I'll wait and see how it works. Like with my hands on it, like I'm pretty fickle when it comes to like, you know, the the roguelike repetition stuff, like, I can count on one hand the, the games of that kind that have actually held my attention for more than two or three uh, repetitions. Yeah. Uh, this looks like maybe, you know, especially coming off the back of a year with Hades in it, that um, really set a new standard for that kind of thing. Um, it looks like they, you know, they're not necessarily comparable because they're a very different tone, but like I think the new hotness in the roguelike idea is you have to make the repetition sort of part of the narrative. You yep. have to kind of make it... You, you it has to be acknowledged in universe that the repetition is happening. Right. And yeah. it looks like Returnal is, I mean, obviously it is because it's named that, but like, it's also like, that's part of why what's happening is, is rooted in the idea that you have to repeat things and they're not going to just have to be the same thing every time. Uh, and there's going to be an acknowledgement that that is sort of the, the hook well, also, in the too, in universe. Like the so ending I, of this I like that
0: surprising because like she discovers like a house. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. this just looks like a house from, like, from, like, 1980 or whatever. And- yeah, there's,
1: there's some, to me, I mean, I, I know it's not the same, but, like, I think, I keep, like, thinking of things, like, uh, when I see this game of, like, Contact.
2: Yeah.
1: Um, where she kind of hallucinates her father as the alien. Uh-huh. Or, like, um, uh, I've, I've, I'm blanking on the name. The horror the horror movie with the derelict spaceship, Event Horizon. Uh, yeah, Um that
2: was, that's Which, good. obviously,
1: more Lovecraftian than this, but, like, yeah. the idea of, like, you know, uh uh like hallucinations or like alternate realities and like kind of finding that in space yeah i I, I like that idea also i saw someone uh, note that event horizon could theoretically be turned be considered an unofficial warhammer 40k uh movie because the the warp the warp the ship goes through and comes out weird is very similar to the warp in warhammer 40k like the hyperspace (laughs) place they go through interesting um but uh, like, there's people that that are kind of like, oh, like like you could consider Event Horizon the beginning of the 40K universe.
2: Wow, interesting. Um,
1: which is kind of a fun, like yeah. one of those fun dumb internet fan theories. But yeah, this is um, like more and more promising every time they show it. Uh, right. I know we were worried about House Mark sort of making the transition to to non voxel, full 3D, more you know, more triple A sort of, did of a half games, step but it looks with like the they're getting it. the one game,
0: and it wasn't great, so. This is looking hot, though. I'm pretty excited mm-hmm. for it. It's also coming really soon. Um, in fact, pretty much everything we're talking about in this section of the show is coming soon. Like, Kena, I think, is the one with the release date that's the farthest out, if I remember yeah.
1: correctly. Yeah, um, Kena is the end of, end of August. Yeah. Um, everything else the, everything, is coming. Like, everything else is, like, then. by June, early well, June, Well, they didn't
0: give the date for Solar Ash, but the way they were talking Solar about it. Solar Ash feels
1: like a done-when-it's-done done thing. So, uh, so. Again, another small team.
0: Yep. So. Yeah. yeah. Um, And then next up, here was probably the biggest surprise, and depending on your perspective of whether it's a a pleasant surprise or not, is that Oddworld Soulstorm, the next Oddworld game, not only is it coming soon, it's, like, finished. It launches, like, April 6th. You're also getting it for free with PlayStation Plus. It's going to be the free Mm. PlayStation Plus game in April. So, like, next month, you get this game for free. Um, It's about the right price. (laughs) I, not I was an actually Oddworld surprised fan. to find out that it's 2D. Like, I really thought that like this might finally be the odd world game that like goes full 3D. But yeah, it's... they've done
1: they've done some full 3D odd world games. But, but it wasn't one like a
0: shooter. It wasn't like yeah. A...
1: Uh, that the I can't remember the name of it, but it was like where you sh- where you had the gun that shot the living bullets. You it was a, like a Western. A Str- wasn't Stranger's it? Wrath. Yeah, yeah, Stranger's Wrath. It was like a Western. Um, there there was at least uh, I think Munch. It was Munch's Odyssey. I think was was more behind the back. There there has been one where I remember having to stare at the back of one of those stupid fucking things. <laughs> um, but yeah, most of them are like the two, the side-scrolling 2D kind of out of this world flashback style. Yeah, I, ca- I thought
0: this one would not be that, but it is. No, it's-
1: they're going. I saw like a whole documentary thing about with like Lauren Lanning and all this stuff, and like he's basically talking about how like they get to basically they're kind of redoing the whole series now. Like they're 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 redoing, like, oh, it's like we can finally remake the games the way we always envisioned them or whatever. Uh-huh. So that's why we got like kind of the Abe's Odyssey remake a while ago. And then Soulstorm is like gonna be supposedly like I think something that they originally were gonna make and was gonna turn it into something else because the tech wasn't there. So but yeah, it's it's another 2D side scrolling. I mean, it's in it's in 3D graphics, but it's a two D playing yeah. side scrolling odd world game like you've played for twenty-five years. Yeah, for those um, of you who don't
0: know, and you may not know, because this series is old, and all they've really done is, like, remake the old games, and that may not have struck your fancy, so you may not have played them, but they're really kind of like Lemmings. You're basically rescuing all the other mm-hmm. aliens from the factory um, and trying to get them out safely, and that's kind of what all the puzzles are built around and the level design is built around. Um, they can It's be like fun. Lemmings
1: if your cursor could get killed.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I mean they can be fun, but I think they're for a very specific type of player. I don't yeah. think just anyone's and, going to enjoy it. And like
1: exactly. Werewolf before, if you want to talk about like you've seen everything the game has to trick you with, and they you've got half the game left to play.
0: Yeah, that's, that's the way they've been pretty in the past, much an on right. game. Yeah, they run out of steam typically pretty quickly. I don't know if that'll happen with this one, but you're right. I don't know. They do just it just ends up repeating over and over. And I think maybe they think. That the, the part of the draw is all the different ways that the that you can die, maybe because <laughs> they, they do get pretty creative with that stuff. But
1: yeah, also Soulstorm is the subtitle of a really good expansion to a Warhammer Warhammer 40k. So bring it right game. back again. <laughs> I'm just going to keep bringing Warhammer up. Yeah, um, yeah. I, this game is one of those things that just keeps coming up, and like it shows up in these these presentations and stuff. And I'm just like, oh yeah, that's that's a thing.
0: Well, at least now mm. we're getting it for free, right?
1: Yeah, I mean that.
0: Because they probably Cause have realized I don't have any they couldn't not to it. play it. <laughs> I mean, let's, let's be honest. They probably looked at pre-orders and they're like, "Let's see if we can crack a deal with Sony or Microsoft." Yeah,
1: on this. it's uh I, It's just one. of... world's one of those pr- properties where I'm just like, like you just. I mean, I, I, I respect for keeping at it, but like, there's a point at which I think Fetch just isn't going to happen again. Yeah. You know, like it, the first couple were were hits. And they've always they've been kind of a constant presence in gaming to some degree or another since the PlayStation one but it's just such a it's just such a one note franchise it's yep. weird and it's
0: the, I think the problem is it is weird um and the characters are really yeah. ugly and they are just not appealing I'll just be honest like the, mm-hmm. the world the universe it's like he wants to go into this gross like factory and save a bunch of slug looking aliens I don't know um <laughs>
1: I mean, I mean, clearly they know it's called Oddworld. Like yeah, I mean,
0: yeah, they're was, not under any delusions in over what where, they're making. Yeah, I think it was birthed in a time where people were open to just about anything because video games mm-hmm. were just like at that point in time had evolved from this 2D archaic thing to like 3D, and people were like, "Whatever, aliens, cool." And like some of the some of the IP from that era doesn't work in the no. modern day. But I
1: think it, it, like Oddworld, I think has has not been helped by the advances in graphics. Nope. It made it, it it makes it less appealing. Yeah, because, like, early on the PlayStation 1, you can kind of look at Abe and be like, well, he's a weird little green guy with big eyes. It's fine. Now you look at him in this game, and it's just like, oh, my God, it's horrifying. It's like
0: (laughs) Earthworm Jim. Like, I don't think there'll ever be another Earthworm Jim game. Yeah, like,
1: we don't need, like, a photo-real Earthworm Jim. (laughs) Like, no one wants that. It's
0: grotesque. Who wants to look at that for, like, 12 hours while they play a game. It's interesting, though, to look back at that old IP and try to figure out which stuff might still work. Not a lot of it does in 2021, to be perfectly honest no. with you. It just doesn't. Um, and then next up, um, as I talked about, they showed off more Death Loop. And um, again, I drafted this on my fantasy team. And the reason I drafted it was because it was something unique. I knew it was coming out this year. It was towards the end of the draft. Although I thought I drafted this maybe a little too high still. But uh, the, You could
1: have drafted it last. Because you weren't going to draft this. it at all.
0: But the concept of the game was really unique and something different. It is also a roguelike. And you're basically playing kind of the same section of the game over and over, but this one really kind of takes it to a different place. Um, There are eight different assassins that you have to kill. um, And then the assassins get involved in killing the assassins. And each time you try to kill an assassin, you keep all the weapons that you earned and any skills that you earned in your first run through. So it's not like... The second when you're starting over from scratch again. Um, and then any clues that you collect throughout the course of the game help you solve the riddles of the other assassins later. It's, it's crazy. Like, it's very hard to even explain how this works. I think that might be a, the danger of it, though, is that it's hard to explain to someone what it is and how it works and why it might be awesome. And I think Bethesda is going to have a problem with that as far as marketing is concerned. Mm -hmm. The trailer they put out is awesome. It has like this OST song that sounds like it could have been ripped straight out of a James Bond film. Um, And the presentation of this trailer is great. And then they put this out, and then like three days later, they literally just did a developer doc where where they're like, okay, this is exactly what Deathloop is, and this is how you play it, and this is what happens when you play it the second time, and how it all ties together. They had like a... They did like a drawing on a whiteboard, Matt.
1: I mean, they needed it. They that, needed to do that.
0: But <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Like, when you have to do that to explain your game,
1: yeah. that's I not mean, a good said, sign. I mean, we've said we've said in the past, like Deathloop is a hard elevator pitch. Yeah. Like it's it's it takes too long to explain. I like I think Deathloop is going to bomb.
0: Oh, financially, uh, I absolutely think it's gonna bomb. But I
1: do think you're right that it's gonna review well.
0: Yep. I <laughs> do. I feel but more I confident about that after this like,
1: event. I think it's one of those games where you have to like, uh, you have to play it. You have to get your hands on it and get your mind around it. And um, reviewers are obviously going to have to do that as part of their job. And players, I think, are just going to look at it and be like, "This is another shooter. Like, it's it's you know, it's hard to differentiate yourself." Um, and that, I mean, that video with a whiteboard is is probably helpful, but how many people are really going to see that?
0: Nobody, like, hardly anyone. <laughs> it's like. I think it's going to do really bad unless it reviews like through the freaking roof. Unless it gets yeah. like 9s or 10s, like it's doomed. That's, and it's not. It's not going to get a 9 or no. a 10.
1: It's, and it's like it's just another – it's the Bethesda curse again.
0: It, but it's – it is. But it's like to me this game is more innovative than games like Dishonored. Oh, sure. And But, like, but it's also just, not going to get a fair shake just like Dishonored. Yeah.
1: I also like the 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 the, the published the, the games Bethesda publishes that have uh, bombed are very diverse. And they're good. They're good games. Yeah.
0: Bethesda the best majority to me is them, the king of of good games that don't sell.
1: Yeah. Like the last really like bad Bethesda published non, you know, third kind of second party game was probably Wet. Yeah. And that was like almost
0: 10 years Man, ago. Yeah, it's so long ago I had forgotten about it. So I don't know. I'm excited for the game. Personally, I think it's going to be fun. I'm not a huge roguelike guy, uh, but you put it in a shooter, then okay, maybe I, I'll give it a little, little bit more of a chance than I would if it's like a melee game or whatever. Um, so I'm excited for it. I'm okay with the fact that I drafted it now. Um, based upon the, the media that's come out for it over the last week, I think it'll do okay. I don't think it's going to like completely tank.
1: Yeah. Um, no, I think it'll review pretty well.
0: Yeah. Um and so that's it that was there's a,
1: there's a tension there though because I'm like on one hand I might review pretty well because like reviewers like things that are different it's not the same thing they've had to play five times this week on the flip side sometimes reviewers kind of like revolt against games that make them try to have to learn something that's true so yeah. it'll be interesting to see which which direction that that falls yep
0: it, probably somewhere in the middle. In all honesty, yeah. you'll have a couple guys who'll try to give it a nine because it's like just completely groundbreaking and does something yeah. new. And it just you'll like have, clicks with them. Then you will have the person who's like, "Oh, this is like too much to learn. It's too complicated." It this isn't Call of Duty it. and it sucks. This is a six. And then yeah. somewhere in the middle, you'll find the aggregate. So, like, if it gets anywhere close to an eight, I think I'll be happy with that. And it probably won't. It'll probably get like a seven, seven point five is my guess. We'll see. Uh, but anyway, that's it for the state of play as far as all the big stuff that was in it. Um, and now that we've kind of run through it, I guess I can see where people might be a little disappointed uh, because while we knew yeah. that there wasn't going to be first-party stuff in this, the third-party stuff in it wasn't like through the roof. It wasn't awesome. Amazing, like it was a it was
1: a kind of a, a bridge uh, state of play. Yeah, you know, like we got go, we got to be here to get there kind of thing. Yep, um, and I think a lot of people were hoping for. Um, uh there's you know, a lot of people like you are still uh laboring under the delusion that God of War might come out this year. So that, no, that like...
0: delusion has been shattered at this point because right. Corey Barlog said last week that it'll come out when it comes out. So yeah. that's pretty much code for it's not coming out this year. Yeah. It's not even although really they, code. Although
1: Guerrilla did reconfirm that yes, we are still planning to get uh Horizon out this year. Um so hopefully. They make, so. they make their target, because otherwise Sony's got a holiday with nothing again. Yeah, because
0: otherwise you're going to get Ratchet in the middle of the year, and you yeah. know Insomniac's going to hit that. That They don't delay. Once oh, they, yeah. Once yeah, they announce no their dates, they hit them. So we're going to get that in the middle of the year, and then what? Yep. Yeah. Which is another reason why I thought God of War had to come out this year, but hey, what do I know? <laughs> nope. It does not look like it's going to happen. Uh, and I of like Breath of the
1: Wild 2 doesn't look too good either. It's
0: not looking good either. Yep, when they, showed, when they showed Skyward Sword, I was yeah, like... Yeah, Skyward Sword, and he
1: literally said, we'll have news about Breath of the Wild 2 for you later this year. It's like, oh, no. Matt, when Let that me. happened, I was sick as
0: a dog. <laughs> I literally thought that I might die on that day. And I didn't care about anything on that day, anything. Like, I literally, all I worried about was, like, holding on to life on that day. And I watched that, and I still yelled, fuck you at the TV. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yep. <laughs> yep. Actually, it was "Oh fuck you" is what I said. <laughs> yep. So I agree uh, with you. It's I don't just think- like,
1: I just could not. have I mean, I could believe it again. I could believe it because I know Nintendo. But it's just like every once in a while, it's like it's like. Yeah, we know what you really want to hear about this other game we're making that you really, really want to play and care, care about. But uh, I don't know, maybe later this year. Meanwhile, give us 60 bucks for the worst console Zelda. Yeah. <laughs>
2: there
1: you I go. Know. Yeah. Like, you know, I even mean, give me go. Now you're going to port like the, the Wii U HD versions of Twilight Princess and, and Wind Waker over for me. Like, yeah. So I play something I actually like, like really.
0: Well, they are taking out like all the motion controls if you want. I mean, yeah,
1: that's nice, but I, st- I, I, my problems with Skyward Sword go well beyond just the motion. Controls. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, it's a bad Zelda game.
0: The fla- I still remember like the cinematics where <laughs> he has like the flappy jaw. Mm-hmm. Like-
1: <laughs> <laughs> I remember where like it was the, fr- I, the first time I could remember a Nintendo game that had a game breaking bug
0: in it, yeah. That room where you could get the, trapped and like wipe yeah. it would wipe your safe. Yeah, and they had to patch it. Yeah.
1: It was like I don't I think that was that the first time Nintendo ever had to patch something like that? That's, uh, I can't remember anything like else. In like in
0: it, yeah. I mean as far as like something that you can't patch because they didn't they couldn't patch yeah. it. It's like you have to just put out new discs basically and yep. they're like maybe just don't go in there and do this it's like but you, that doesn't work like It doesn't
1: make any sense. Also who's going to know that? I know. Like you yeah. it a fucking 10-year-old kid playing that game going to know not to do the no? Like it's
0: But to your point it's very rare for Nintendo to have something like that in a final yeah. version of its game. It's just highly happen. unusual. Yeah, highly unusual. So um yeah, we're supposed to celebrate the 35th anniversary of Zelda with uh, Skyward Sword.
1: Apparently, we're oh, supposed okay. to celebrate the 35th anniversary of Metroid with nothing. Nothing,
0: yeah. Oh well, I guess uh, there's supposed to be a
1: life-size uh, Metroid Prime helmet uh, coming out, which I'm like, awesome. Also, will not fit on my giant head, so I don't. I don't know why I'm supposed <laughs> to be excited about that. Like, uh, granted, yep. granted, Samus is a, is a woman, so maybe her head's smaller than mine. But Master Chief's helmet doesn't fit on my head either. So clearly, that's a my that's a me problem. <laughs> um but yeah i i'm i if you can't tell i'm i'm i mean i'm a we've talked about it. i'm a metroid fan i'm a little bitter that metroid's turning 35 and it's getting nothing just like when we turn 30 and just like when it turned 25 like i know it's not as big as zelda or mario but you should but sh-
0: put some on. Fucking respect on samus Aran's name small either no I mean. it's not <laughs> let's just let's be honest it's crazy all right, at the let's very least,
1: on. I think I think Samus in the armor. You show that to almost anyone who grew up in the '80s, and they'll at least know what it is. Yes, or kind absolutely. of be like, oh, it's that that Nintendo game. Like they'll they'll see it. They they. they it's, I mean, I'm not saying it's as iconic as Luigi or something, but like it's it's important.
0: Too. So I think to older players, it is absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So we'll see. I mean, I'm not at least right give me the Metroid fucking Prime yet. Trilogy there's collection
1: there's or something for them. Yeah, to I mean, there's a lot of out. there's a lot of year left. Yeah, you're right, but like. It's know. not looking it's just, good. I know that no. much.
0: That's for sure.
1: I, I need some kind of I need some kind of collection or something. Like and even if it's on a new game. I need like a Metroid collection. Like like that, like that Capcom thing that just came out, the arcade.
0: I mean, what the, if you just remastered the Metroid Prime games?
1: Yeah, just give us the Prime trilogy. Throw uh, throw some nice uh, some nice remasters of uh, of Metroid and Metroid of Zero Mission and Fusion and Super Metroid together. Um, Metroid Prime
0: Trilogy, do. 1080p, sold. Yeah, sold. We'll see. All right, let's move on to something even less <laughs> <laughs> encouraging. Uh, to, to,
1: to more characters in power armor getting disrespected.
0: Yes, exactly. That's a that's a good analogy. Um, EA announced this week, and Bioware announced this week uh, that the grand project to turn Anthem into something that you would want to play longer than twenty hours has been abandoned, and Anthem 2.0 will not will not happen. Um, and that may have made some people sad. But the flip side of this is that in conjunction with that announcement, BioWare and EA also announced that the new Dragon Age will not have any online functionality at all. That's um, right. They can be taught. <laughs> how do you feel about that, Matt? Because, look, I don't... Great. I know I... I I figured you'd feel that way. But
1: I Dragon Age should be a single player RPG and you should stop trying to cram multiplayer functions in it. Like I didn't mind it in Mass Effect because like that the co-op mode was fun. Um the, the gameplay lent itself well to it, but as we all know, like multiplayer melee is tricky at best. Yeah. And you know, there very few games really handle that well. Like I think like For Honor, um a few of the few games like that, a game by um we didn't talk about it in the state of play, but uh, Sifu, yeah,
2: uh,
1: that that game which looks awesome um, yeah, we is being ma- about that. That's being bad. made by the guys who made the people who made that uh, that uh, MMO Absolver. That's what it was called Absolver. That has really good online melee combat. Um, like it, it can be done, but like, do you really trust Bioware? To do a satisfying yeah. sword combat system in a multiplayer add-on mode to an RPG that is really supposed to be a single-player game, like better I just, just c- I just don't focus like the idea resources. of
0: saying we couldn't get this, we couldn't get game A to work, so we're just gonna complete, we're gonna change game B, um, or we're gonna take something out of game B that still has a possibility of actually working. To your point, maybe not. Um, it's not. Yeah, I like, don't
1: think it. I don't think it did. I think it was. Focus your resources. Dragon Age Four needs to be a home run, Um, and for Bioware, definitely. For Bioware, yeah, and it just trying to like branch out into a multiplayer mode that has no precedent in that franchise is a bad idea at this point. Like, focus on what on the strengths. Focus on what worked before, and what worked before is a single player RPG, uh, which has never. I would argue that no Dragon Age has really pulled all the elements together quite right. Um, but maybe this time um, I did really love the uh, uh, back when they um, back when they showed the uh, the trailer, the, the first, the, you know, the real kind of trailer slash teaser at the Game Awards in December. Uh, somebody pointed it because uh, the character Solus, the, the elf mage guy, is in that trailer pretty prominently. And someone pointed out on Twitter, uh, how's that going to work in my game? Because I killed him in Inquisition oh. and A couple weeks, like a week or so ago, one of the lead designers on Dragon Age 4 retweeted that tweet from December and said, I can't believe we had to remake part of the game because of this
2: shit. (laughs) 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 Because
1: I don't think they remembered... That Solus could die.
0: Oh my god! So they had to
1: come up with, and then one of the Mass Effect developers popped in and was like, "So which which solution did you go with? Is there gonna be another character who looks suspiciously like him who just like delivers the same information like we did with Rex in Mass Effect two? And it's just like I I thought that was hilarious because like the fans the fans like know more about the intricacies of all the weird things you can do in those games than the developers, because it's I mean, so you would twisty think that They'd have a
0: super fan working there who would have picked up on that crap.
1: Like, you think Getting, <laughs> getting solace to die is not easy, uh, as I understand it, but like it is an outcome that can happen. So they have to plan for it. Now, clearly you could also just do it as like, uh, Oh, you <laughs> thought he was dead, but he really right. was magic. and yeah. wasn't dead. Kind <laughs> of it. it's like, I mean, it could be that simple. It's, uh, but I thought that was very funny. Um, yeah, I mean, it's a shame what happens to Anthem here. Like, it doesn't surprise me. Like, I didn't think there was really a way to salvage that game without remaking it, basically. Um, I, you know, we've talked about Anthem a lot. Like, yeah. I, I enjoy it moment to moment. I like the gameplay. I like flying around and landing on stuff, and the shooting feels pretty good. It's yeah, all I mean, kind of derived B-roll from that. The right like, now makes
0: me want to go play it. Like, yeah,
1: I mean, it's still up. You're just <laughs> never going to get new content.
0: Yeah, they're um, going to keep the servers live, at least for a but, while. Yeah, I will say
1: this. Um, I would not be against the idea of folding a lot of the power armor ideas in this game into Mass Effect Five. Yeah, um, like some more flight oriented Mass Effect Five gameplay. Uh, would I'd be down not with that in a heartbeat. me wrong.
0: I mean, they nailed it. They nailed yeah. the. They nailed being an Iron Man in this game. Basically, yeah, it felt, uh, feels amazing, and I really love that part of it. But. You can't just keep shooting the same enemies for like a hundred and some hours without any reason to do it. Like, it's like mm-hmm. I said a, a minute ago. It's like, it's great for the first 20 hours, and then you're like, okay, now what? And they never figured out the now what? They just no, never did the it. Loot,
2: the
1: loot isn't exciting, and and nothing is visible on the character, really. Uh, you can customize the armor and do everything, but it's like, it's outside of the weapon, the, the actual weapons you're wielding, nothing really matters. Like, you can mess with that, the cape, I guess. But like, it just it wasn't like destiny where like you get these things and you immediately get to look at them and equip them and like you change how your character looks and mess with that it, 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 the, the, the you know there, it didn't anthem never found a way to, to keep hammering the dopamine button in it your didn't. brain uh, the way a loot game needs to to keep you playing
0: yep because the combat did but the loot didn't yeah and that's what drives these games like it or not that's what drives people to keep playing these games for a year two years three in destiny's case. How many how many years has mm-hmm. it been? Like it's a impressive lot. what yeah. Bungie's managed to do.
1: Seven seven or eight at this point. I think. Yeah, I mean,
0: even though I'm not a big Destiny player. It's like I said, my buddy from Philly loves it and it's just squeezed every ounce of entertainment that he can out of it and was like, okay, mm-hmm. now what other what's another game like this that I can play? Um and I couldn't I couldn't tell him Anthem. That's the yeah. sad part. He was looking for another game and I was like if I told him to get Anthem, he'd have spent the money on it. And literally like two weeks later, he'd have been like, okay, now what do I Now do? What you there's played already, this? And like, you couldn't him, uh, you I couldn't, couldn't tell, him, tell Avengers. him, I'd be like, yeah, I know I did play it. And I can't tell you what to do now because there's nothing to do now.
1: So you couldn't tell him Avengers either. Nope. Same um, deal. It's like, you know, destiny gets a lot of flack on kind of what it is and how, it, but clearly it's not as easy as we might want yep. to think it is. <laughs> you, you know, <laughs> I think like, that's a good
0: point, Matt. Games as a service are not as easy as you think to create this compelling loop that makes people want to keep coming back. Um, it all has to start, I think, with rewarding combat. I think if you don't have that, you got nothing. And then mm-hmm. after that, it's about the loot and yeah. I also new like, content. don't
1: under. I, you cannot underestimate how satisfying it is to see like a purple crystal fly out of something in Destiny. <laughs> like that's part. Of, it, it's, it seems stupid and simple uh-huh. and like. And like it shouldn't matter that much, but like it seeing that, that those glowing things pop out of the enemy when you kill it, it's like that matters. And it like does. Anthem has nothing like that; just the little loot thing just instantly appears on the ground.
0: And it's a like mess. That, that little it's like
1: tactile a- difference of the of the physics on the on the on the crystal, like it's yeah, it, all that stuff it matters. matters.
0: It really does matter. Little stuff that people don't think makes a difference makes a big difference, especially when you're talking about psychology. And let's be honest, mm-hmm. that's what we're talking about with right. these games.
1: Those I mean, those games are at heart a psychological manipulation simulator, yes. and that it, it counts. It's a big deal.
0: And if you're not good at that, your game's going to fail. That's all. And there like is Anthem good.
1: had, if you had nailed that else aspect of Anthem, that plus how much fun it is to just land in that game, could have really pulled me through a lot of dumb shit. It's
0: very similar to Kratos getting his axe back. It's yeah. that same kind of yeah. rewarding thwump that it just feels mm-hmm. right. But. The rest of it, it just couldn't hold up its end of the bargain. It's also like
1: Anthem is, you know, because every once in a while you'd find people in the open world that are, are doing the same thing and, like, you know, do little, like, world quest stuff and things. So I, I loaded it up every every few weeks or every couple of months to see mm-hmm. what was going on. The answer was usually nothing. Yeah. But, like, you find other people, you, you find the world quest, you think. And a couple of times, like, you know, we were fighting fighting world stuff or big things or whatever, and, like, it would end and we win the thing and one of the other players would come and, like, land next to me. And like Anthem's one of the only multiplayer games where like a thing that the other player does that's supposed to look cool actually made me say, that guy looked cool doing that. Yeah. Like like it's like usually when you're supposed to you know like Destiny has the thing where you can teleport in with like the um the different effects and stuff. And I never even noticed those. But when like an anthem player would land next to me in like the Iron Man pose, I'd be like, that's cool yeah like, absolutely. like it made me think that guy was cool for a second and like very few games pull that off to so. your
0: point about drops like you, I know you can't see the b-roll but watching this b-roll you can't see the drops because no. every time you kill an enemy and I'll say this it looks amazing like they explode in like a billion particle effects but you can't see the drops. So to your point of like how the physics of a drop works and how it can be enticing to make people want to keep playing, you can't even see them in Anthem. No. They just they get covered up by these sparks and all this other crap that's going all over the place. So it just almost like some parts of it were overbaked, other parts of it were underbaked. Do you think we'll ever see another anthem? Do you think they'll ever reapproach this IP? Or is it just like cancer now?
1: Um, I mean I think to EA it will be yeah. cancer. I would not – I mean, I think Bioware could take the world of Anthem and turn it into a pretty decent single-player game.
0: Because it worked. Or I mean, like it's co-op, or like a
1: co-op. For, I think if you wanted to do something along the lines of Outriders with it, it would work. Yeah. Um, if you focused it more on – because that was one of the big things with Anthem was I never even finished the campaign because the Bioware storytelling just wasn't there. Yeah, it wasn't. Yep. Um, I don't. I can't tell you the name of anybody in that world. I can't even remember where anything was in that hub because it was nope. also unmemorable. I can't remember um, what anything was
0: called, where any place was called. I think like, I what think the si- the called.
1: weird scientist guy's name was Matthias, but I only remember that because it's mostly my name. Yeah. Um. Like, there's there's no because and he was in the demo. Like he did the the the, uh, the demo where he got split in, like multiple versions of himself. Yep. Why do I remember the quest the demo more than anything I played <laughs> in the main game?
0: Because you know, honesty, there weren't many quests like that in the final no. game. I mean, let's be honest. No, it's yeah, that's pretty the other thing is it, it
1: felt like that, that's why I was always a little skeptical about like the anthem next thing because it really felt like that game was a very rigid structure. Yeah. It felt like if you wanted to do anything interesting with it, you would have had to take it apart and put it back together. Yep,
0: and, and they, like they just, it, well, ultimately, they made the right decision. It wasn't worth it. The,
1: no, they I, I, I think they, they, it's sad and it sucks that these guys had to work for a year on it yeah. and just mm-hmm. get denied. But like, I think. I think is the only logical yeah, they choice. They made the
0: right choice. They would have ended up dumping a ton of money into this and it would not have saved the game. No, so. you can't
1: you can't salvage it. Like you it, you would have to do like in so many so few games have managed that. Like um, you know, No Man's Sky came back from the brink, but No Man's Sky is not the same kind of thing. It's also you know, it was a
0: smaller studio with a smaller bet. Like yeah. EA had already and, put a crap ton of money into this game. Mm-hmm. And it's just looking at it like it, it's like throwing good yeah, money well, it's, after bad. Plus, well, the you other thing is it.
1: like No Man's Sky was already profitable. Right. Like yep. just based on how much it sold at launch.
0: Yeah. And, uh, and uh, honestly, like, most only, people
1: liked thing, it still. So The only other thing I could think of that compares would maybe be when Square completely rebuilt Final Fantasy 14 from the ground up. Yeah. But that was like a big deal. That was like a, they took the whole team, said just start over. They destroyed the, the original game. Like the original game... The, the destruction of the original Final Fantasy 14 is a backstory plot point to the current Final Fantasy 14. Yep. Like, it's acknowledged that that happened. And, like, they made a big deal of it and spent basically the money to build a new video game out of it. Yep. And EA was clearly not going to do that. Well,
0: there's so a reason why there's only two stuck. stories that you can tell yep. <laughs> because it typically doesn't work. Uh, yep. If you look at the law of averages on this, EA made the right call. So It's
1: just it's just good money after bad.
0: I will say at this, this Matt. Point. This is one of the most disappointing games, at least for me, maybe of my entire career. As far as yep. having seen it at events, played the beta, and then what the final game was, it's one of the most disappointing games of my entire career. Um, yep. And just watching this B-roll, it sucks. It could have been so awesome. But it was not, and it wasn't. And now you're right. I don't think we'll ever see another Anthem. So there you go. Anthem R.I.P. Once again, another also case where name. I wish I had taps loaded up on the TriCaster <laughs> so I could play it. Someday I will do it. I will play it.
1: Anthem also suffers from the dumb name syndrome. That was a terrible name for yeah. that game.
0: Yep, and it doesn't say much about it tells me nothing. It and nothing. I still don't. I mean, I played the game. I still don't really know what the Anthem thing is. When I hear like, Anthem I now, you don't want to know what I think, Matt? Kneeling. <laughs> and the controversy over uh, yeah. Colin Kaepernick yep. that's what I think of when I hear the word anthem so
1: yeah that was that was and that was like right around the same it year it was the same around the same <laughs> so,
0: time <laughs> <laughs> yep all right let's move on let's move on to talk about some Pokemans um so as I said we're not going to go in depth about uh, the latest Nintendo Direct which I think most people thought was probably more disappointing than the state of play from Sony um I don't know if I would agree with that. I don't think the Direct was as bad as people are saying. No. I, I get
1: the also, disappointment. Also, there's, there's but, more stuff in that, uh, the, the, you know, Final Fantasy notwithstanding, there's more stuff in that state of play I want to play than yeah. the Pokemon. Well, the Direct, the
0: Pokemon stuff wasn't in the Direct, so. Yeah, the Pokemon was separate, but, like, yeah.
1: Look, there's only so much Pokemon a man can take. That's all I'm saying.
0: (laughs) I'm right there with you, Matt. Uh, So they had a separate Pokemon Direct, kind of, uh, to celebrate the 25th anniversary of Pokemon, which, wow, uh, something else that makes me feel really old,
1: that Pokemon is uh, 25 years old. Although, remember, um, it came out in uh, Japan a couple years before it did here. So
0: yeah. Well, I remember, like, I had just started at GameSpot when, like, Red and Blue came out. I had just mm-hmm. got, like, a new Game Boy Color to replace my old Game Boy, and they put out, like, the colorized versions of them. That's, like, right mm-hmm. when I started working at GameSpot. So, yeah, that's, like, 25, th- 23 years, 22 years, something like that. Yeah, it's they crazy. came out here in 98. I can't believe so. I'm working in this industry that long. It's nuts.
1: here in 98, and I, I beat Pokemon Blue waiting in line for Episode 1 tickets yeah, that the makes, following that year. lines
0: up. Yeah, it absolutely lines up. Uh, so here we are 25 years later. Um... Nintendo and Game Freak has not stopped uh, releasing Pokemon games.
1: <laughs> and stop, won't stop, yeah, no matter how much you might want them
0: to. Yeah, exactly. As evidenced by the fact that now Nintendo has got into this rut of thinking that it needs to remake every Pokemon game. Um, and that <laughs> is the case here, as they it is now remaking Diamond and Pearl. And Matt, I will say this. To me, Diamond and Pearl is the least remarkable Pokemon game ever. I cannot think of anything, and there probably is something, but personally, I cannot think of anything that this entry introduced. Can you? Um. I'm sure there is something. I can't I think, think of it.
1: Didn't, didn't this one? I thought this one introduced like the God Pokemon some in some way or so, I expanded that somehow. I don't remember it very well. The only thing I really remember about Diamond and Pearl is that's the uh, review where we made Paul Bonanno play Prince in a diamond diamond filled <laughs> bathtub, which was probably not a thing we would do today. Like we didn't <laughs> we didn't blackface him or anything, but it was weird. It was,
0: and Thank God you didn't I, blackface him. <laughs> no, I mean we
1: weren't we weren't stupid, but like. Uh, we're like, it was. I don't know for it. Just every time someone said Pokemon Diamond and Pearl, that song got stuck in my head. I'm just like, we gotta do something about Prince in, in this review. So that's what happened. Um, so um, that, was, that was one of the instances of me being editorial and being able to say, like, this is what should happen in this, and everybody just did it because I said to do it, and it was like. Yeah, there wasn't really much more to that other than hey, that's a that's the same as the name of that Prince song. <laughs>
0: that's it.
1: <laughs> that's all we had. Sometimes really. that's
0: all you need. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that
1: time we might need a little more. Yeah,
0: a little in more that, in that case. But I can look, I can't think of anything. That, first of all, I I would never look at Diamond and Pearl and be like, "Oh my god, they need to remake that." Like I just don't. I have well, no affinity for it. There's Well, here's the thing.
1: Um I know someone who is very excited about this this remix because she grew up at the right time to play Diamond Uh, and Pearl. So it was like her her red
0: and blue, basically.
1: Yeah. Like she, I mean, she played red and blue and gold, silver, but like Diamond and Pearl were one of her, you know, right at the right age to really get into it sort of games. And so like, and the, the thing about Pokemon is all of them are that to someone.
0: Yeah, I guess that's so,
1: true. So, this yeah. remake isn't really for us. Like, what am I going to, um, you know, I can't even name you the the new Pokemon in this one, really. I mean, yeah, once you pass gold, silver, you're kind of out of my wheelhouse. Me too.
2: Yeah. yeah.
1: It's just sort of this blur until yep. you get to like yeah, absolutely. sun and moon. Yeah. And um, so, like, I mean, I'm not, I may or may not, you know, really get into playing the Diamond and Pearl remakes, but they, there's a place for them and there's a reason for them to exist. And I am, as we've said, I'm always in favor of bringing old content forward if there's an audience for it. So like the more you can pull the old Pokemon games forward, make them more accessible, make them better, make them work on Switch, um, great.
0: Cool. It'll be interesting to see if they take the feedback from the remakes of Red and Blue. Yeah, I'm into curious account. what
1: how this will be in comparison to like, like the Pokemon um like Pokemon Go. Oh, not Pokemon Go, Pokemon Let's Go, was that what that was? Yeah, the Eevee, Pikachu and Eevee, Pikachu, Eevee ones? Yeah. Yeah, it will be like that, or it'll be more like a straight remake. It's hard to say, like, cause cause they've they had success with both. Like, the Let's Go games were very successful, but also like Heart Silver and yeah. uh, Soul Silver and Heart Gold were also very successful, and so were Omega Ruby and Alpha Sapphire. So, um, I don't know. We'll see what happens. Um, I still say there's room for a Let's Go uh, Gold and Silver if they I ever feel that. like doing that.
0: Absolutely. Uh, but again, I think you're talking about those games being an R wheelhouse versus somebody else's. I think red yeah, and blue, we, everyone mean, we were has in an our affinity for. when it. that
1: came out. So uh, there's someone out there who was 10 when silver and gold came out that would definitely be into that.
0: I think red or and blue, would has, give their kids. everyone has an affinity for those because it's the original 151.
1: Um, a lot of people do. There's there's a bit of a backlash in the fandom right now over the against the G1 and G2 because it feels like the... The, the kind of the, the older fans are sort of like monopolizing the idea that like that those that's Pokemon and everything that came after it. It's just sort of like this also ran. I kind of feel that like, way. Mm, <laughs> you're, you're not wrong. You're not wrong. That's how I feel about I mean. it. You're right. I mean, is, but again, you, the younger you get, you know, the, you know, my my niece's first major Pokemon experience was like Sun and Moon. Yeah. So Like you know, this that's the thing is that you
0: and it the keeps, starter Pokemon in that are probably what she resonates with I, yeah. I get it
1: yeah and she's like she's like she doesn't didn't give a she doesn't give a shit who arcanine is yeah <laughs> it's like y'all you know, there's all these characters all these pokemon that were never important again but if you were if you grew up at that time if you played those games first if you watched the anime like they are important to you even if you didn't realize um that ekans and arbok are called that because they are snake and cobra backwards
2: yeah no, Which I every,
1: almost almost I every exactly. day, on, but almost every day on Twitter, you see someone suddenly realize that it's
0: amazing. <laughs> the revelation. Like, wait a minute! It's like, yes, <laughs> that's funny. Uh, really, though, the big story was a brand new game that Nintendo announced: mm-hmm. um, Pokemon Legends Arceus. Arceus. Arceus, A.K.A. Yeah, that's,
1: a, that's a hard C. Believe it or not, okay. I did not know that until this. <laughs> I until either. I think this time.
0: Okay. Um, A.K.A. Nintendo's answer to Temtem, which has right. been on the market, an open world Pokemon clone, which has been on the market for well over a year at this point, and has been hugely it was really successful good. Um, and it is really good. This is Nintendo's answer, it appears, an open world action RPG set in the Pokemon universe. People, to your point about Harry Potter... Have been asking for this for a really long time. Yeah. We got like a pseudo open world with the last Pokemon game, but it was this weird kind of instant thing that was happening. Mm-hmm. Um this appears to be just straight up oh, yeah.
1: open world. I mean up to the point that it does the the Breath of the Wild shot. Yeah. Where you know that zooms the camera over the hilltop and past the main character and into the field. Yeah. I also saw I saw a very funny tweet. It was like it was uh, somebody. It was a screenshot of Breath of the Wild, with like, looking at the field, and this one looking at the field, and um, Genshin Impact looking at the field, and like one <laughs> other game looking at the field. And it's like, are these all in the same universe? That's and somebody replied with, "Like, it's
0: a field, bro. Go outside." <laughs> they really exist. Um, everyone seems to be hung up on the graphics in this instead of just discussing the fact that holy crap. We're getting an open world Pokemon game. Everyone's like, the frame rate sucks. It stutters, and they're not wrong. Yeah. The frame rate does suck, and it does stutter really badly yeah. in this trailer. And it's weird. And, and, to and th- it doesn't
1: seem to look good enough to to warrant that. Really, I know. I can't. Um, I, I mean,
0: it's Game Freak. Let's be honest. Game yeah, Freak is I mean, developing this. It's not a right. top shelf developer from a technical no, I perspective
1: mean, in the last in sun and era shield sword and shield. There were cutscenes where a Pokemon had to turn around and go out the other way. And the Pokemon mod, like character model just rotates oh, I in know. place. There's no animation leaves, for it's just it. Like, no, there, there is some PS two era shit in almost every game freak game. It's just something you have to accept or don't play them. Like, like that's just how it's going to be. Apparently. Would Nintendo
0: ever dare to hand something like this to a more capable studio?
1: Apparently, the answer is no. I mean, like, what I, if
0: this game comes out, though, and it's just technically a disaster? And I don't know. It I mean, they don't own Pokemon. by critics for it.
1: Like, they, they own the license, but Pokemon Company still is technically a separate company that owns Pokemon. Right. Um, I I assume that somewhere down far enough, uh, Nintendo has to keep the Pokemon Company happy in some way. So I don't know,
0: but I mean, wouldn't they be happy if they sold a lot more copies of their games?
1: <laughs> Maybe if the games I, were I, I, better. I I, I, don't, I can't explain that. The one the thing about Temtem is like I know a lot of Pokemon fans who played it and were like mad, like because they played Temtem. Like and why don't like, I have a Pokemon? This game is like this? this is what this could have been for like ten years yeah, now. Yeah, like because it's, it's
0: a little dinky indie studio that made Temtem. I mean, yeah. Game Freak isn't gigantic. I mean, they're no, like 40 not all, or 50 but, guys. But there's el-
1: but there's elements in Temtem that would not require high-end tech to implement in Pokemon. They just haven't. And one of the reasons they haven't is because they don't have to. Like, it sells automatically, um, which is interesting because that's such a different philosophy from Nintendo. Like, it is. Nintendo's yeah. internal stuff is like, not only do they not want to make the same game twice, even if it would sell, they like refuse to keep things the same even when they work you know like there's a lot of times my complaint about nintendo sequels is like could you just make zelda again please like you don't need to reinvent the wheel every time but pokemon company has the opposite problem
0: yeah where they just like
1: no yeah
0: so i do like some elements that i saw in that though like i like it looks like there's actual like stealth so you're like sneaking up on the pokemon and then you can throw the Pokeballs from, like, 50 yards away, like your Brett Favre, and, like, capture Pokemon. <laughs> like, I like that. That is changing things up a little bit, at least. Yeah. Um. But ultimately, you know, do I feel like Game Freak's going to be able to pull off an open-world action RPG? Probably not. I just really don't. I don't have a lot of confidence that that's going to be the case. I just call me crazy, but that studio just has not shown to me that it's capable of doing something like that. I, no, hope I mean, that they, they
1: haven't out. shown that they're capable of upping the tech quotient from game to game of the games they've been making over and over for 25 years yeah like this brand new venture feels I mean hopefully they've got like support and consultant going on from like you know Nintendo the Zelda team and you know other you know Monolith and people who like do have experience making that kind of thing but like I don't know like it's uh, it's not coming out I'll give them them credit for that it's an experiment yeah they're trying trying something.
0: something new which is good um, it's not coming out this year, though. So it's a little no. weird that they put it in the Pokemon 25 celebration because it's not coming out during the actual anniversary year. It is coming early 2022, Q1 2022. Mm-hmm. Uh, the remake of Diamond and Pearl is coming this year, um, I think at the end of the year, Q4. Um, yeah. So not much of a celebration, really. The remake in one game, and then they announced it's
1: it. It's even weirder because it's a prequel to Diamond yeah. and Pearl.
0: Right. And my Which, question
1: is... How am I supposed to know that? Yeah. Like... Did something happen in Diamond and
0: Pearl I, <laughs> that requires
1: further explanation? Not that I, like, remember, I
0: don't remember. To be honest with you,
1: I don't remember what. I mean, the only game, the only Pokemon game of the story I really remember is Black and White. Yeah,
0: because it was the added. whole like Peta, like something. yeah, the, the Peta story. Yeah, it was
1: like, <laughs> hey, did, why don't We're we talk animals about the fact that we, here, we force animals to
0: cockfight
1: <laughs> with children all day? Like,
0: and that disappeared oddly enough. Yeah, um, they
1: never touched that one
0: again. <laughs> so do you think this game, and let's see if I can pronounce it correctly this time, um, Arceus, do you think that that's going to be Pokemon going forward? Do you think that's the way all the games are going to be now?
1: No, I think it's going to be a side just thing. A Unless this spin-off. thing sells like a billion copies, obviously, then it probably will switch. But uh, yeah. the Int- Nintendo will follow the money on that one. I'm, but I feel like this is going to be a side thing, and you'll still have the turn-based RPG as the main series. We'll um, see. Um, it's it's uh, It's just too easy to crank those out, I think.
0: But at least Nintendo's doing a better job of celebrating Pokemon than it is Metroid or yeah, Zelda. Yeah, I mean, Pokemon makes them a lot more
1: money, I think. But
0: uh, Yep. So, anyway, that's what's happening for Pokemon in the near future. If you were looking for, like, a new game that's a turn-based game, it looks like you're going to have to wait at least a couple more years for that.
1: Yeah. Although, you know, if you haven't played Diamond and Pearl long enough, it's kind of a new game.
0: Yeah, I guess it is. New plot. What's the difference? But all the Pokemon, like <laughs> you, know, you know all the Pokemon that are in it if you continue yeah. playing the later game, So there's not much surprise there, but still, better than nothing, I guess, as we're getting yeah, with Metroid a, as a it's remake. More,
1: yeah, it's more, like yeah, it's, I would I would kill to have a remake of a Metroid game. Just, you know, another, I, mean, I don't know what you'd remake at this point. I
0: don't even. Know.
1: I don't know. Like, I, I kinda didn't kinda think they'd Metroid remake games. Diamond and Pearl, to be <laughs> honest with you. So <laughs>
0: there, yeah. there you go. Uh, okay, let's move on. We're going to talk next about PlayStation VR 2. We're not going to talk about it very long because we don't have a lot of details about it. Uh, but to me, it is very important. Um, and so I did want to get kind of Matt and I's takes on it based upon what we know so far. Um, I've known for a long time PlayStation VR 2 was coming. Uh, for Like, I knew for a fact it was coming. Um, but the, Sony had not talked about it until this week. And then it still didn't really talk about it all that much this week. It uh, posted a blog on the PlayStation blog Basically saying, yep, it's coming. And then it included a couple details. Uh, the first detail is that there's going to be brand new motion controllers. So you can ditch those move controllers, which sucks because I didn't buy the move controllers until I got PlayStation VR. Um, and so I got PlayStation VR and then I got the move controllers. And I think I've used them three times and they weren't cheap. They were still like 40 bucks or something like that when I got them. Um And so I got those and hardly used them, and now they're going to be worthless because the (laughs) new one's not going to use them. Uh, But Sony did say that the new controllers are going to incorporate a lot of the functionality from the DualSense, uh, which means like haptic triggers and haptic feedback, which I think for VR, that's great, and I think that makes a lot of sense. Um, Mm. So that's all good. Um, The big issue that I have, really, is that they announced that it's going to be hyper-powerful and... Way better, and we have these great screens, but we're not going to talk about that stuff yet. But then, the, really, the big thing to me is that it has a cord. And I know there are technical hurdles to having a wireless um, VR HMD. I get that. I get the streaming the video to a device may or may not be um, quite there technically. My argument is that if it's not quite there technically, then don't do it yet. Wait and save PlayStation VR 2 until the end of the PlayStation 5 cycle. Because one thing I think that has been proven over the last year with VR, Matt, is that it's all about being cord-free. It really is. Mm. Like, if you look at Quest, Quest is taking off big time. I have friends who don't game at all who all got Quest 2 for Christmas. Um, they were all reaching out. They weren't reaching out to me about the PS5 and the Xbox Series X at Christmas, by the way. They were reaching out to me about Oculus Quest 2. And they all got it and they all love it. Like, all of them were like, oh my gosh, I can't believe I waited so long to get VR. And like I'm like, no, like, you actually picked the perfect time to get VR. Because up until now, you would have had to have had a monster PC. It would have been. Tethered to your PC, you could, weren't able to play it wherever you wanted. It's a completely different ball game with Oculus Quest Two. I just don't think that there's a place in the market for a corded VR HMD anymore. Matt, do you?
1: Um, probably not on the level of Oculus. The what way that's selling, I think you're stuck with it with with PlayStation. Like, because one of the reasons Oculus works is the hardware is on board, right. and Sony's it's just not going to do that like the PlayStation 5 is going to be the, the heart of the hardware power. And to do that, you're going to have to be corded. And at one point, I know we talked about like the idea of having it kind of be modular and you could, you know, you could have like a slightly powerful something in in the PSVR that you could unplug it and you, you, you know, wouldn't look as good, but you could still play something kind of thing. And uh, that was a kind of a long shot, you know, pie in the sky, you know, just, you know, brainstorm thing. Um, I think, you know, if, if Sony is going for hyper-powerful, uh, it's going to have to have a cord on it. Like that's, that's just how it is right now.
0: But I, I guess my point is like, I don't think that they should go for hyper-powerful. I think they should go for what people want to play and what is most functional and practical. Um, there's maybe, I,
1: I don't think that there's a practical way to come at a headset that is by definition tied to a console. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I think PlayStation. PlayStation VR is going to be this. Like, unless sometime down someday down there, PlayStation VR three, Sony decides is going to be a self-contained unit that hasn't does not require you to own a PS6. Like, then you're talking, then you're you're cooking with gas. But this one I think is is trapped as a peripheral for the PS5. And you're right, that is a detriment to it but i don't think there's another option for them right now the
0: streaming i mean video streaming is getting to a point where it it's almost there um and i wonder if three four years from now when the ps5 needs that kick in the pants um to get people kind of reinvigorate the interest in it when it's just you know kind of waning if that's not the right time to release playstation vr2 to kind of get people excited about it again um and then if you can stream it then you can Build everything into everyone's library through PlayStation Plus and everything else. Um I just I don't I don't think
1: streaming's ever gonna be that that good. You don't think? No. You're, you're, you're up, you get, once again, much like with the of uh, the streaming services, you're up against the speed of light. And
0: but that it's still might, local. I mean it's just basically it is still local, but that but split
1: seconds matter in VR in terms of the experience and the nausea.
0: Oh, I know that um, better than anyone sure. Yeah.
1: Um, And you could maybe do it with like some kind of like predicted. I I just don't see how you do it without like ending up a couple, a few milliseconds too slow to make it a convincing thing. Um, The hardware has to be in the headset if you take the cords away. Um, And maybe they will do that. Maybe there will be a PlayStation 2.5 kind of thing that has, you know, if, if Oculus Quest continues to sell the way it does and other headsets don't, In comparison, then the only X factor is the fact that the Oculus is freestanding. So the logical thing there would be that everybody else has to sort of pivot to that. So Sony might do that later in the generation, like what you're talking about. I think the first, you know. And look, as someone who bought the launch PSVR, I kind of learned not to do that this time yeah. with PlayStation VR, you know, because I'm still stuck with that fucking thing. I can't do HDR through its uh, through its, you know, breaker box thing. Yep. Um. So I'm going to kind of I'm probably wait and see on this one, depending on how I'm much it costs. I'm not buying it
0: at launch. No way. No. I, PlayStation VR. I feel more burnt by that than anything. Followed closely by PlayStation Vita, to be perfectly honest with you. Yeah. Um, two pieces of PlayStation hardware are what has burned me the most out of probably the last, like, 15 or 20 years of my life in gaming, to be perfectly honest with you. I use them the least, the Vita and PlayStation VR. And again, I've said it a million times, I regret re- recommending it to our audience. Um, I don't know how I can make amends for that, other than to not recommend PlayStation VR 2. I just, I think especially by the time... It is ready to come out. Corded VR is going to seem like a dinosaur. I just, I don't see the play here. I just don't think Sony should release it at all until it's ready to do a, an untethered headset. I just think it's well, it never idea. will
1: be. That's the thing. It's just like either that, or you don't. You are, it's either this or PlayStation gets out of VR,
0: or it just has a standalone VR headset that plays its software. Right, but
1: that's not. That doesn't. It's not compatible with their their strategy right now. Right like now, never, I'm saying right. Yeah, but, right. but you're. I mean, what you're talking about is going to be next gen.
0: So in six years,
2: <laughs>
1: something like that. Yeah, <laughs> maybe the end of this gen or, the, or like the PlayStation VR three. That, that you know, the, well, that's the other thing. Is like you can launch if you if if a wireless headset becomes the gold standard, and I don't see any reason to think it won't. Um, you can release that whenever you want. You don't have to wait for the PlayStation Six. Right.
0: And that's what I'm saying. It sucks to be a vr 2 owner. They PlayStation VR and start working on their wireless headset. Because what they have... Sony's big enough to do both, though. It is. But the other thing is, what they have that these other guys don't have is software development. The studios, the content, the IP, the worlds that people want to interact with. It, It has a huge advantage in everything but the hardware. So fix it. Make a piece of hardware that makes sense in 2022 or 2023 or whatever. Right now, I mean, we're probably looking at PlayStation VR 2 launching. Best case scenario, holidays 2022 is my guess. Mm-hmm. By then, it's going to seem so archaic. Like, I just, I think it's a huge mistake. I I know they've already sunk a ton of R&D into this, and there's a lot of money in it already. I just don't think they're ever going to get their money back. I just can't see anybody. Because the other thing too, Matt, is that Quest is so cheap. It's it only costs a few hundred dollars. Like, would you tell somebody to buy PlayStation VR two instead of Quest?
1: No, I mean I would have to have like some kind of game that cannot like be total killer replicated. App. Yeah, right. just like, like I don't know what legit that would be killer app.
0: Like like something Super that makes Mario like Mario sixty four level killer app. Yeah, like, like
1: some the Mario sixty four of VR. Right. Basically,
0: otherwise, hell no. I'm telling them to get a Quest. So mm-hmm. or I'm telling them to get nothing. Right. Yeah. Like, it's <laughs> like
1: you ain't you ain't really missing a whole lot. Yeah, not yet. As someone who was throwing a thousand more than a thousand dollars at VR uh, is it has not uh, panned out in any appreciable way to me. Yep. So.
0: All right, let's move on. That's all the information we have on it right now, and I'm guessing we don't get any more information on PlayStation <laughs> VR for two for a long, long time. Yeah,
1: maybe that maybe the state of play around this time next year. Maybe.
0: If that. I (laughs) I would be surprised. I'll put it to you that way. (laughs) All right, let's move on. Uh, We're going to talk next about Bravely Default 2. It's the big release for this week, I guess. Uh, We're going to talk about another Switch game here in a little bit that really is the big release of this window that we're sitting in right now. Uh, But the big release of the week is undoubtedly Bravely Default 2. It is a Nintendo Switch exclusive. It's the the sequel to the 3DS game, Bravely Default. Uh, Matt, have you been able to spend a good bit of time with this some yeah like Um, i've at least
1: played it long enough to catch up to where the demo was oh okay um
0: i didn't get to play the demo actually which the demo was basically
1: the area the desert area after the prologue ends okay so uh it's so it's like five or six hours in i guess if you're playing slow um i ended up doing i ended up doing a lot of open world wandering and grinding unintentionally because it's mindless and fun um yeah, so, I, uh, so it's it is standalone, oddly enough. Like it's not. I mean, it's called Bravely Default Two, but Bravely Default sequel was called Bravely Second, right? And continued that. Bravely Default Two has similar game mechanics, but is a separate story,
0: plot, and characters.
1: So if yeah. you've never played Bravely Default, don't worry about not understanding Bravely Default Two. It's not. It doesn't seem to be related so far. Yeah. Um, and uh, this game is a JRPG.
0: It sure is. It is <laughs>
1: a like it could its picture could be in, in the dictionary next to, to the term JRPG. It is uh, it's interesting in that like uh, the the, ga- the battle system has stuff going on. Like the battle system is an interesting risk reward. Uh, element, which is kind of the same as as it was on the on the on the DS.
0: I'll say um, this: I have not gotten far enough into it where I've dealt with the risk part. <laughs> it's um, the, basically like the way it works. The way it's the brain easy so far. What I've played it is
1: very easy. It gets much harder as you as you start running into enemies with the. Uh, Larger groups and um, more varied elemental weaknesses and strengths and immunities and abilities to buff each other. Like, it get, it gets in there. And, like, the basically the way it works is it's pretty standard turn-based uh, JRPG combat, except, uh, you know, hit points, magic points, you know, attack, magic, you know, etc., the difference is there's a system called Bravely, Brave and Default. Yep. And what uh, Default is basically defense. And when you play defense for a turn, you build up a meter that will give you uh, brave, uh, sl- basically brave uh, uses. So you can have up to three brave uses stacked. And what brave is, it's an extra move it's during a your turn. turn. Yeah. So you can use brave up to three times in a turn. And so you can attack, basically attack or do four things in one turn with a character. Yep. Um. And the risk reward part is you can go into brave debt yeah. if you want to. So you can start. You usually start a battle uh, if you don't hit someone with your sword in the in the overmap. If you hit them with a sword, you start with one brave for every yep. character. You if you don't, you start at zero. Yep. So you theoretically, if you have zero, you can go into three levels of brave debt to do a four move turn and then if you don't kill the enemies with it your character can't move for three turns like they just have to sit there and rebuild back up to zero so the so you can like make the big bet that you can kill this thing if everybody goes in like brave debt to to unload everything they got but if you're wrong you got to sit there and get shit on for for four turns basically so that's the risk reward element is like are you are you confident that you can beat this thing or that you can survive a couple of turns without being able to move in exchange for taking out a dangerous enemy
0: yeah in the early elements. going you can just unload and kill everything oh, you have like this on, character like, there were stretches <laughs> where i didn't
1: get hit for like 20 battles yeah. you know it was yeah. just like there's nothing yeah. once you get past, past like the the second area um you start writing things where it's like oh you're you you can not beat these guys without making some brave bets with certain yeah. characters and then you have to use the other characters to keep them alive and then the and default then, is
0: you blocking and basically the yeah, default is blocking that turn
1: yeah and i will uh i will also give you the hint that um if the other if the enemies default because they can do it too they can do yeah. the build up and multiple multiple turn thing too if the enemies default you default. Yeah, because, because they have no you. reason to try and attack them because <laughs> you're not going to do enough damage, and then they're going to get three turns on you. And being in default mode really, really lowers the damage you take.
0: Yeah, and if you're um, if you're so fighting a boss important. in particular in this game, and they default like three times or oh, whatever, yeah. they end up like killing your whole party in one turn.
1: Yeah, you better th- be throwing up the shell moves or whatever. You know, yep. whatever you need to do to throw defense up. You got you really got to dig into that eventually. It becomes you know it becomes a thing where like. You know, sometimes depending where you are, but like there's points where it's like, oh, that overworld random overworld fight almost killed my entire party because I made one wrong choice. Oh, and you can you
0: can run into enemies in the overworld that will just wipe your ass out. Um, Most of them don't. But every once in a while, like and they will. So Matt was saying earlier, like you can get an advantage by slashing them with your sword, like when they're not facing. But sometimes they just rush at you and there's no Mm. way you can get away from them or get out of the way or run Mm. away and sometimes and also one, it's
1: also one of those games where it matters if you hit them in, if you hit them behind. in from behind yep. or if they catch you from behind. Yep.
0: And sometimes um, they'll you just get hit by an enemy and they just wipe you out. Like every once in a while you just mm-hmm. run into like an enemy in the overworld that's just like three times your power and it just destroys you.
1: Yeah. Or even just weird things where I like I ran into a group that um I hadn't fought that type of enemy before early in the game, and they could heal.
2: Yep. And oh God, they sometimes.
1: could just they could just—they didn't do much damage, but no. they could heal them each other faster than I could and hurt the them.
0: And the fight just drags on, and forever. they dragged on and
1: on and on, and finally they just—they just like whittled me down and killed me.
0: You do have this guy in your party who you can't control, at least in the early going. I haven't—I've only played maybe six hours of this, something like that.
1: Slo- yeah, Sloane is. Uh, yes, yeah, or you, you do have companions pretty often that you can. not And he, control. he like kicks
0: ass. Like he saves my he, ass a lot. Yeah, <laughs> like, he's
1: basically the tutorial. Yeah, in, in he saves your ass because he
0: can literally deal like a thousand damage when you're dealing like 80 yeah. damage. And he... He deals
1: huge damage. He can heal you. He can resurrect you if a character yeah, dies. Yeah, he sends like down a lot
0: of the rough spots in this game. Yeah. Uh, we should talk about the story though because obviously this is an RPG and for a lot of people that's what compels them to keep playing. And I would argue in this RPG you need it to keep playing because it is really grindy. You fight a, the mm-hmm. same enemies over and over again and it does get really repetitive. Uh, and the story is you're... You're shipwrecked. People find you on the shore. They take you to this town. They heal you up. Um, you discover that there's this princess or queen that's in town. who has The to, princess. The princess yeah. who's trying to recover these magical stones. And they find out that you are actually kind of imbued with this stone. So you guys party up. And off you go to try to capture these stones. And I haven't made it any further than that in the plot. So I don't know if anything happens beyond that. But it's a pretty... Generic fantasy setup for a yeah. JRPG. Is, uh, there's
1: moments where you're like, "Wait, it's good thing Square did this because yeah, otherwise they'd be sued." <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> like-
0: and the the story, I mean, it, it's not a motivating factor for me to keep playing. And the way that no, it's no, it told- is a
1: JRPG in the most. I mean, there's there's it's not like it's badly told or performed, but there's nothing. There's no hook beyond do you want to play a game in a fantasy world where you play turn-based combat against people <laughs> with magic and swords? Because here you are. Some of the like, voice
0: acting is pretty bad.
1: Voice acting is pretty funny. Like everyone's doing a different accent for yeah. no reason. There's like an Australian
0: um, guy who likes to yeah, drink. There's an Australian guy early on.
1: There's a French woman. <laughs> yeah. uh, the princess you team up with is very posh British. Yep. Uh, the the, mag- the the black mage you meet He's like a really thick Scottish accent. Scottish. I was saying he's Australian. Um, yeah,
2: he's Scottish. So and he's the, like the, an alcoholic. Uh, the blonde, he's the blonde the
1: asshole boss is a, is Australian. Like, yeah, so right. That you're talking yeah, about. That's yeah, right. Yeah. But there, every every imagine, and of course, your your main character is
2: American. Yep. Um,
1: <laughs> I have a theory that that your main character is not only he was shipwrecked and all this. Stuff. I have a theory: your main character is not from this world. Yeah, that he's gonna. It's gonna I be mean, revealed that he's like he's pet. like from reality. Oh, he's like from our world or something, and he was a sailor on a. British ship or something I don't know
0: are you, Um It's on like a cruise ship or something and he yeah. fell overboard but because early on, hit like the head very on a first scenes
1: with the very first scenes with him he's like looking around like what is this this isn't yeah. normal I don't recognize any of this shit yeah. so I'm wondering if like oh are you not from this crazy fantasy world are you from <laughs> some other medieval time and you're just like oh, I don't know I, I, and the, the way, way I the story is told it's out here. like
0: the character models just kind of congregate in front of this blurred out backdrop and they just talk mm-hmm. like there really aren't there's a couple cinematics, kind of, but they're not really like Yeah, not there's not a lot of the presentation uh, in this game is really bare bones, like it's even more bare bones a than like show. an indie game. Like
1: Well, it played it's like a it's like a anime JRPG. Yeah. Like,
0: I drafted this in my fantasy league and I remember after the draft was over, I was like, I really regret Bravely Default 2 <laughs> because like it's really not that good looking. It looks like a 3DS game running in like 1080p and like now that i played the game, that's pretty much what it is. Like, they've obviously well, the redone funny, character models and whatnot. The
1: funny but- thing about it, though, is that, um, like, the enemies are really well done. They are, yeah. And the main characters are sort of bleh. Mm-hmm. And, like, it seems to be an intentional choice because that is traditionally how, like, all those old sprite-based RPGs work, too. Like, the heroes were really sort of, like, fairly, somewhat bland or simple sprites, and the enemies were, like, really, like, elaborate works of art. Yeah, And, like, they seem to be sort of doing the same thing here. I'm not sure that works as well in 3D. Yeah, Like, it just feels jarring in places.
0: It, it's like um, the combat, you're right, it does, In you know, so far I haven't really got to experience much of the risk part of it. But it, conceivably, it does have, like, a good risk-reward system. But otherwise, it's very generic. And, like, mm-hmm. eventually you build up enough <laughs> where you can pull off this, like... Finishing move that's yeah. really not, like, all that elaborate. Yeah, it actually like,
1: doesn't do all... I mean, what, if you can get it so everybody gets to pull it off, it's okay. But, like, generally it's not the... It's not the screen clearer you might no, be hoping it's for. it's not
0: very powerful, and it doesn't even look that impressive. It's just, no, like, it doesn't. this really crappy animation. Like, I don't know. To me, this game is... It should be... It's a handheld game. And so if, maybe if you play your Switch as a handheld mostly... You maybe look at games which like apparently this,
1: most people do. Which
0: apparently they do. Maybe you look at games like this differently than I do. But to me, this is not like even like a double A console game. To me, I, I don't know. I don't
1: I, know. I don't. I don't dislike it, and and I have to admit, like the generic genus of it. Is almost refreshing to me, okay? Because it's so back to basics. It is, yeah. That it's sort of like, oh, there's no weird like gimmick, there's no strange stupid system. I don't have to cook food for anybody. Like, <laughs> it's just like it's just a fucking RPG. Yeah, and I'm kind of digging that.
0: I, I always compare um, games like you're this not, to not like, not like what Persona you're saying Five, re- like, and you know, Persona Five wipes the mat with this game, <laughs> like.
1: Yeah, but I don't want to play Persona Five. Like I'm, I played Persona Five and I was bored out of my skull in a different way. Yeah. So, like I don't, I don't, I haven't played Persona Five Royal Edition either because I have no interest in putting myself through that
0: again.
2: Well, yeah, um, I, mean, I enjoyed I played, Persona I played Five at the first one, like, time, but the game's too goddamn long. So,
0: uh, I'm um, good, but yeah. I did play it 100 and some hours, and I've played this one like a handful of hours, and I'm struggling to keep. Well, I
1: think part of this, part of the appeal of this game is going to come down to how old school are you in the yeah. JRPG world? And like, I am
0: old school. I if mean, you
1: played, uh, if you know, you played a hundred some hours of fantasy star two, you might get more out of this than someone who was born 10 years after that came out. Yeah. You know? Um, or if you played a lot of JRPG stuff or the original Bravely games on uh, on DS, like you'll you know what you're getting into here because it is. I mean, I would be very surprised if this game didn't start as a 3DS
0: game. No, I'm pretty point. pretty sure it did. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I do like like I like a
1: lot of the environment art. I think it's really cool when you click the right stick and you can see the whole town you're in. That's yeah. really it looks really pretty. Um,
0: yeah, some of the art's pretty good. I'd agree. With it's,
1: that. It's, it's got it's got it's it's weirdly uneven in that regard, but it, it isn't like nothing you're saying about it's wrong. I just it's it's there's something there's something really like meat and potatoes about it that appe- that has been appealing to me. It might just be the the time period we're in right now. I don't know. Could be. Um, just something that doesn't make me learn a bunch of extraneous crap. And I know what it wants, and I know what we what we're doing, and I know we need to find the three fucking crystals. <laughs> and, I, and I know that what magic points are, and I know how to heal people, and I know and I know that that you're okay. Now we're in the desert area. Now we're in the water crystal. Now we're in a It's like, it's just like it's it's all it's like comfort food. It's like there's nothing special about it, but it does it all pretty well.
0: It does enough.
1: You know, it's not a triple. It's not a triple A. It's not a, a, it's not a double A. This kind of an A. Yeah. <laughs> it's like kind of a B plus A minus in there. I mean, I know.
0: feel like I've played indie turn-based RPGs that are as good as this one though.
1: Somewhat, but indie games a lot of times feel like they have to put a spin
2: on it. Yeah, that's true. You know? This and, is like, very this one straightforward. Just, yeah. This one just doesn't. Well, you it's can't, can't like, see the no. lower third, but
0: the lower third for this is not brave enough. Um yeah, that's my I mean, opinion. It, well, it's not trying
1: anything risky or special. Yeah. Um, but sometimes sometimes that works. Um I don't know if it works for the amount of money they're charging. Um, but, like, if you are ready for a, you know, no-frills JRPG with a pretty interesting battle system once it gets going in about 10 hours in, like, you could do worse right now.
0: And it seems like it's a pretty big game, to be honest yeah. with you.
1: Yeah, it's, it's no... I mean, look, if you if you don't have any, JRPG, any RPGs to play on the Switch right now and you just got a Switch or something, I would tell you to buy Xenoblade.
2: But yeah, like, sure. Yep. If you've sure.
1: already done the Xenoblades and you don't have anything else to play in that realm, uh you could do a lot worse than to try this one. And an, and the demo lasts 5 hours. So if you can you can you can play the demos and see how you feel about it and decide that way because the demo is a is a very good vertical slice of what you're going to be doing the whole time.
0: Yeah, and I have other issues too, like um because of the camera the way it's pulled out and like the set camera angles and you can't move it like Moving around like the hub town is hard to like figure out. Like how to run down a stairway. Like you run into like the walls or lining up with someone to like talk to them is hard. Um, I actually didn't play this in handheld mode. I probably should have. Um, but I, I mean, could... I didn't either. You know, you know, you know, I didn't. I know do you did it, which is why I should have. Because I know you won't. Um, I could see because like the characters in some cases are really small on screen where. You couldn't maybe see like which direction mm. an enemy is but, facing, and well, it's
1: funny because like I didn't realize until like probably the third or fourth time I'd gone back to the town to like uh do you know, when the, you know you go out and do the quest, come back. And, yeah. uh, I didn't realize until like the third or fourth time I did that that when you when you are in the town, your party members are also standing around in town, and you can talk to them. Yeah, because the characters are so small, I didn't recognize, and them.
0: you can't see them. Yeah, it's hard to see, yeah. and there's like a pathways in the town that like. I didn't even realize like, I could go down at yeah, first. Yeah, hidden with. And you have to, like, like, kind of jimmy like playing... your way to get down the stairs because, yeah. Yeah,
1: it's like playing something. It's like playing pre-rendered backgrounds again. Yeah. It's, not, it's, not, it's not
0: pleasant. Yeah. But you're right. I mean, if you're looking for a straightforward JRPG that you can grind along at for a while that has a fairly interesting combat system, I think it's a decent choice. I would not mm-hmm. pay full price for it, though, personally.
1: Yeah, I don't... <laughs> I don't mind that I paid full price for it, but I again, like I said, I played the demo and I knew what I was getting into. Yep. And that's what I would recommend is go go download the demo. Go play the demo. And if you like it, buy it.
0: And between that and game Face, you know you're gonna know what you're getting yourself into. Yeah, there's there's
1: no there is no deceit here yep. in Bravely Default too, I don't think. Yep. Um just just either like simple appeal or weird disappointment. <laughs>
0: All right, with that, we're going to move on. We're going to talk about BlizzCon. You can use that on the box, Square. We're going to talk A about. weird disappointment game face. Game face. <laughs> yeah. And with that, we're going to talk about BlizzCon Line. Uh, which was this Speaking year's weird BlizzCon. weird disappointments. <laughs> Were you disappointed in BlizzCon this year?
1: I didn't have a lot of reaction to it. No. Yeah,
0: I mean, I would say the same. One thing I will say... To be
1: disappointed, I would have had to have
0: expectations. <laughs> I'm right there with you, actually. Um, one thing I will say is that I've picked up on with Blizzard over the years is that Blizzard's fans care about, like, really simple stuff. Like, Blizzard can just show a trailer for a new character in Diablo... And that's mm. enough to bring the house down. Like to me, I'm like, that's it. You're just gonna show the rogue, and that's all you gotta do. <laughs> You're gonna
1: show a rogue and say 2022, and we're all gonna freak out. And, like, and okay. then you go online
0: and you realize they were right. That's all they had to do was show the rogue and yeah. announce 2022. Like that's true. And I will say this: like the trailer is really good. Like for the rogue, it's like it's really good. yeah, it looks
1: really cool. It's just it's so far away that I don't know why I'm thinking about it yet. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Yeah, it's and it's gross and all the right ways and clever yeah. and, and it, it
1: definitely looks like it looks more like Diablo than Diablo three did early on. I get I you know, I see where they're going with it. I mean, I, I had no problem with how Diablo three looked. I, I was not one of the people that was freaking out about the fact there was color in a Diablo game. Now the but Rogue was not is... in
0: two, correct? It was in one and three. Is that right? Mm. I can't remember.
1: I can't remember. I know it
0: hasn't been in all of them. And that's the reason why people were I really think it was the it.
1: Amazon in 2. Yeah, right. The, the Boazon.
0: Yeah. yeah, that's right. Um, and so I can see why people make think it's a big deal. The other thing about the Rogue too is that it's good at both like up close and the uh, yeah, Rogue. How, uh,
1: yeah, you can build the Rogue in a couple different ways. Which yeah, it's is...
0: very flexible in how you can play the character. And it, it, in the midst of this crazy cinematic trailer, they also show tons of gameplay of how it plays. And uh, I will say this, there were many times in that gameplay where I'm like, oh, you're screwed, and then nope. <laughs> the, nope. the rogue could pull it out. Um, and I appreciated that about it, but still, it's like when you get so little from Blizzard throughout the year about the, their unreleased projects, and this is what you get, it's a little disappointing to a non-rabid fan. Like, I yeah. love Blizzard, I respect the hell out of them, but I'm not like psycho Blizzard fan. Um, and so to me... This was kind of a disappointment. I get fans are really excited for it, and they're stoked on it, and they thought that that was more than enough and more than good enough. But for me, especially if the game really is coming out in 2022, as Blizzard seems to be hinting at, seemed a little disappointing to me. Um, The bigger thing to me was that they are remaking Diablo 2. Which we knew. Yeah, Um, but they showed it for the first time. Diablo 2 resurrected.
1: They also proving that they did actually take it away from the Warcraft 3 guys. Yeah. And handed it over to uh, Vicarious, I think it was.
0: Yeah. But it looks pretty damn good. It does. I was pleasantly surprised by it. Um, I mean, look, if you're going to screw one up and get one
1: right, I'd rather you screw up Warcraft 3 and get Diablo 2 right.
0: Yeah. And there was no real big uh, stink over Diablo Immortal either this time because i think they gave them people stuff that they wanted this time. Yeah, there
1: were other things to be uh, you know absorbed by as opposed to Diablo Immortal. Um and some it's been so long since anyone bothered talking about Diablo Immortal. Maybe we forgot we hated it. Um
0: <laughs> China won't the, hate it though. China will love it. Oh yeah, it'll, it'll, it'll do its job. It's going to uh, do very Diablo well,
1: 2 is the is the 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 star of this show for me just yep. cuz i like Diablo 2 so much. I will definitely play that when it comes out. And the cool thing about it, it too, is they're
0: not ditching classic Diablo 2, either. No. Um, It's going to stay up, stay alive, remain its own No, they definitely learn from
1: their mistakes in Warcraft 3.
0: Yep, absolutely. And that's what you hope for, is that you learn from the past mistakes. Um,
1: I was a little shocked at how little
0: they talked about Overwatch. Yeah, well, they actually did talk about Overwatch two a lot. The they Overwatch got around Overwatch one, two much.
1: eventually, but like in the initial presentation, I was kind of shocked that there was no Overwatch really mentioned. Well,
0: the developer doc that they put out was like thirty minutes long, and I, unfortunately, because of that, like I did not um, gather B roll for it because you'd have to go through that thirty minute presentation and like chop out all the mm-hmm. talking head. It would have been like a nightmare to try to get B roll ready for it, and I just ran out of time to be honest with you. But they did talk a lot about Overwatch 2. Um the problem though, at least I think, is that I can't tell the difference between right. Overwatch 1 and Overwatch 2. Like at one it point they the showed same. uh
1: they showed the, the I can't remember their names anymore. The cowboy guy.
0: Yeah, I don't know his name either.
1: You remember that? Um yeah, they showed his like new design and I'm like that's the same picture. Like I yeah, <laughs> I, I can't tell McCree or something. That's I can't was fucking McCree, that, yeah. Um, but I was like, I was like, that's, I mean, maybe his like poncho is a little different. Like, I, I like, I look, maybe I haven't stared at these characters for thousands of hours. Like people who have played overwatch as much as other people have, but like, okay. Like they, they got different clothes. Like mm. that's all.
0: then they're like, we got a couple of maps. Here's like Paris and New York city. And I'm like, okay. Like they don't, the game doesn't look any better than Overwatch, to me.
1: No. And, like, the the nature of how they're doing that upgrade kind of demands that, I guess. Um, But it's just, like...
0: Yeah, they're going to make people buy it all over again. Yeah.
1: And it's just, like, I... I mean, it's not like I follow the scene very closely, but it's like, am I wrong that, like, this thing has, like, contracted in a way that's really kind of frightening? Like, it used to be the Overwatch League was a big deal and all this, you know, the Blizzard was pushing all the time and I was like, eh. and I just don't hear about it anymore.
0: Yeah, it's because we're insulated and isolated I from guess. the sports scene, really. Like, I don't really follow it either. Uh, I but don't follow stuff it, I used to on. see it in my Like, feed. for three-night weekend, there's almost always, like, an Overwatch tournament going on somewhere during the weekend, but... With COVID and everything, it's like everything's just kind of more subdued now, particularly these live events, because you don't have mm-hmm. the big crowds anymore. That's yeah. kind of what sells esports, is having that, like, 40,000-seat crowd and people roaring, and, like, now it's just people sitting at home with, like, yeah, their snowball like, mics. And, like, that's like
1: how, like, the you know, Wednesday night fights used to be, like, the, lo- the big local weekly fighting yeah. game scene here. And now it's just, like, Alex Valle playing, like, on Street Fighter Alpha 2, like in commentating on it like yeah. from his house. And it's I mean, like,
0: esports have really suffered through the pandemic. I mean, as far as yeah. revenue generation, too, they make a lot of their money off of tickets. I, and I will merch. say
1: this though. Uh, in 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 Wednesday night fight Street Fighter 5 this past week, some mystery Ryu player showed up and swept. <laughs> the Knights tournament and everyone's like who's the mystery you player and I was like we know the mystery Ryu. but it's they're, they're trying to turn it into kind of like a wrestling thing where it's oh like, that's kind of cool it, it's like it's like who is it who is this mysterious uh-huh. review you player that's so good because everyone's online so you don't see anybody right they're trying so they're to create a narrative it. around using it. the yeah they're using the drawback to create something
2: that's and smart. I
0: think that's pretty cool that is cool uh, it's, but definitely, I think, it's definitely it's definitely though. Yeah. <laughs> I think that has hurt Overwatch. The esports kind of just being crushed through the pandemic. Uh, but more than anything, like just looking at Overwatch Two, like I could never tell the difference. Like you could put footage of Overwatch that's the stuff that's live now, and show me what they showed in that Overwatch Two presentation, and there's I would not be able to tell the difference. The game looks yeah. the same.
1: So, like, I'm sure that like someone who's a really hardcore Overwatch person yeah. could do this, 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 this. But it's like me telling you the difference between two third-party Transformers of the same character. It's right. like, no one cares but me. Like, yeah. it's, it's not going to, it doesn't, and you look, can't tell. And look, truth
0: be told, the Overwatch audience is big enough that that's fine. Like, there's yeah, 20 million people who are going to be able to tell the difference. If you're trying to get somebody like me who didn't get hooked on Overwatch 1 into Overwatch 2, what I saw is not going to do it. Bottom line, it's just not. Mm-hmm. It looks like the same game to me with a few new maps and maybe some and, new weapons. Like, and a and couple maybe characters. they just don't care. Yeah. So it is what it is. That's where we're at. And then the final thing that they announced was the Blizzard Arcade Collection, which I had really completely forgot that Blizzard had done arcade games, to be perfectly honest with you. And then when they showed the arcade collection, which actually like some of our old colleagues are working on this or worked on this. Mm-hmm. I think it's out already. Um, yeah, it came. I think it came out that day. Like that day, yeah. So um, some of our old journalist friends or worked worked on this and like put this together. I had really forgotten that Blizzard did arcade games, and then I saw like the collection, and I was like, well, now I know why I forgot because they're not like. Yeah, I mean, they're pretty the old games.
1: action games and things. You know, like I mean, Lost Vikings is a good game. Yep. Um, That's the one. <laughs> some of, some of those games are good. I, mean, I look at them, and I'm like, oh yeah, I remember those. Those are good. I don't want to play them again. Yeah, <laughs> but like I recognize, you know, I I acknowledge them.
0: Yeah. as I mean,
1: being things I liked in in back in the day.
0: Yep. But at least Blizzard isn't letting the stuff die and just wither and disappear. Um, it's trying to keep that stuff relevant. Do I think we'll ever get updated versions of this stuff? And this is like a a hint at that. No. I don't no. Think we're never going to see new versions of these of these IP. <laughs> no. But um, I mean it's
1: a, it, I mean if you haven't played Blackthorn it's it's kind of fun. Yep. It's pretty good.
0: But really that's that's the big story is from BlizzCon line 2021. Uh probably next year they'll have a real BlizzCon, at least I'm hoping that'll be the Most case. Most likely. Um and maybe that'll be the glorious debut of uh Diablo 4. Maybe you know they'll release yeah. it at BlizzCon, and they'll actually have to show more of the game than just a class. (laughs) Uh, But I think for Blizzard fans, that was probably a pretty good BlizzCon. What do you think?
1: I mean, considering the situation we're in, yeah, I think it's it delivered pretty well. Um, Nothing earth shattering, but like, I don't think anyone expected it to be nothing Uh, missing
0: either. I mean, other than the fact that like, Overwatch, you got something for Warcraft, you
1: got something for Diablo, you got something for Overwatch. Like, what else do you want? Yep. Like they they hit all their big pillars and you know nobody I think I don't think anybody really felt left out yep. so mission accomplished
0: yeah I think so uh, okay let's move on we're gonna move on to a leak and a big leak Matt for you maybe one of the biggest leaks that we've had in the last like couple of years mm-hmm. uh, this week and I'm very nervous to show this this footage <laughs> for obvious reasons because right now the footage is up on YouTube and it hasn't been taken down. And it hasn't been blacklisted, but I have a feeling that maybe by this time tomorrow, when we're trying to publish this show, that it might be. And that is the first real footage of Elden Ring. What well, it's crazy leaked, and it's crazy because it didn't. It wasn't just like one leak. It was like. Two different people leaked it.
1: Yeah, it kind of came from multiple sources. It was weird.
0: It, apparently, it appears- this footage
1: is apparently this is footage from something from like a build that's like a year old. Oh, really? Yeah.
0: I hope so because it doesn't. To me, it doesn't look that great. And look, I get it. I'm not showing it right now. This is actually the real trailer. I think I'm going to show the footage to you guys, though. I'm, I think I'm going to do it. Um, this is the legit trailer that they put out. That's okay to run, um, mm-hmm. but. And look, I get that the leak is blurry and shot off screen and 720p, but it still doesn't look that good to me. Um like technically, the visuals don't. What no. do you what do you think?
1: I mean, it looks fine. Um I will admit like I don't expect cutting edge visuals from From Software. Me
0: either, I mean, I, I definitely like, have lower expectations from From. But...
1: Like design, like the design is here. Like you can yeah. show me a lot of this footage, and I'll be like, "Oh, that's From." That's the, yeah, you can tell. Like the the things dragging the cart with the spears through their chests, and she, like it's all it's that very From That reminded me a little Software. bit of
0: uh, Attack on Titan.
1: Yeah, there's some of that there. Yeah. The scale of it also reminds me of Attack and Titan a little bit. And even the um, enemy
0: designs a little bit with like the wide mouths and like the teeth. Yeah,
1: It's, uh, I mean, like I, I'm not, I, I'm usually, I'm not here to be wowed by visuals from a from game. I want the gameplay, um, the Demon Souls remake notwithstanding. Obviously, it was nice that that was one of the best looking games ever made, Um I'm more interested in like seeing this game it's like okay so it seems to be an open world thing uh riding a horse around Yeah very, yeah you
0: are riding a horse that's a huge very deal poor man animation um and Here we go <laughs> I'm going to show it right now I'll probably regret this but it's going to create a lot of extra work
1: <laughs> Yeah it's um I mean I'm interested like it's 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 they're they're trying a new thing they and, are uh, I su- I support that. We'll see if they pull it off.
0: It does kind of look like an amalgamation of a lot of their games cuz I can see a little bit it of does. Sekiro in there. I can definitely some Sekiro, see some Dark some, Souls uh, in there.
1: Th- yeah, there's there's Dark Souls, there's some Bloodborne. Um there's even some Kingsfield.
0: Feel- a field. I mean just bit. a field. So there's that one shot where the mage is standing in yeah. a field and you can see for like 2 miles. Like that's a big deal for a From Software game. Yeah. Like a really big deal. I mean that's one of the things that people either think I I think like or or dislike about it is how claustrophobic Froms games generally are. Mm -hmm. Like you rarely get into an area where you can see further than like 200 yards.
1: Um, Well, also because the uh, you know one of the hallmarks of these games tends to be the level design and and the the the, world way the world design kind of wraps
0: around on itself, curves back on
1: itself, and like there's you know I know there's a lot of people I know who are Souls fans who are like how can they possibly replicate that feeling in an open world. Um, and that's a valid question. It I don't is. think we know the answer to that yet.
2: Yeah,
1: Or if they're even going to try it. I mean, my guess would be the open world will be open world, and you will find smaller sort of, you know, sort of like Arkham City. You'll have a big open place, and you'll go into a thing, and that's where you'll get your little, you know, your intricate interconnected labyrinth, and then you'll leave that interconnected labyrinth and go to a next one.
0: Kind of how we um, we hoped so. uh, Breath of the Wild was. <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah,
0: but it wasn't. <laughs> right. And we're hoping Breath um, of the Wild Two will be like that.
1: Yeah, like yeah. I mean, Breath of the Wild with actual dungeons uh, is uh, is remains a holy grail, and whoever can deliver that to me first
0: will win uh, my money. At monies. this point, feel, <laughs> feels like
1: it might be more Breath of the Wild too. It, like, Elden Ring is in this weird limbo space that I, you got to wonder when this thing's coming. Um, it looks yeah, like this a,
0: was shown to like buyers or investors <laughs> or something. Yeah, it, look,
1: it definitely was shown to people outside the company for something.
0: And that was a huge Um, mistake. (laughs)
2: Apparently.
0: (laughs) And somebody left the room with the video where somebody could play it, and they recorded it with their cell phone. It's just so funny how one little mistake like that, to the person who was supposed to handle that that. room, had no idea what a big deal it was. They're just like, oh, I'm going to go, like, oh, you want a water or something? I'll go get some water for you. And while they're gone, someone's like, click, 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 and they're turning on their phone and like, oh, my God, I'm going to have the first, like, real footage of Elden Ring. And they did. And I don't know how they got it out without getting caught. Like, there's watermark. Like, you can tell that, you know, Bandai Namco was like, oh, we got to protect the crap out of this. There was watermarks all over. Oh, yeah, I've they never were, they seen, were definitely
1: on guard. I've uh, never
0: seen footage with this many watermarks on it. It's crazy.
1: Yeah, just the, the confidential confidential Over just and over. everywhere. Yeah,
0: it's crazy, man. Somebody had a lot of balls to grab this and put it out and hope that they didn't get tracked back to them. Because... You would think it wouldn't be that hard. You probably had a group of 50 people that got to see this or something. Mm -hmm. And it also appears that there's, like, platforming, like, more platforming in this than, like, prior. Yeah, like, jumping around on
1: the ledges and stuff. Yeah, Yeah.
0: which I don't know if that's a a good idea. (laughs) I mean,
1: yeah, it's never been their strong suit, really. But, like, uh, I don't, you know, they're trying something new. They're trying to, to, you know you know do some unexpected stuff there we'll see if it turns out like i like what i see i
0: like the tone and the mood of it and the art and stuff like that for sure Mm -hmm. but i've always liked that about from's games always it's what drives me crazy it's like it's that
1: that stamina bar
0: that's the problem i love everything about their games except for just the, the yeah the stamina bar and just the difficulty curve like again I would love to play through Demon Souls. I've been watching people play. Well, there was the-
1: other leaked footage that I didn't see it, but like there were those leaked footage that people thought they saw difficulty selection.
0: Really, that would be huge for me. That like, was
1: a big, big, that, and there was a lot of complaining about that, of course, I'm because sure. there's you know there's that faction of Souls fans that thinks if you aren't if you can't to hack play, it, 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 <laughs> you don't deserve to play it, which is stupid. It
0: really is dumb. They should like, want from to tons make of as games much have easy modes,
1: and I have never seen that easy mode because I don't play on easy mode. That's all you got to do. Don't yeah. play on easy mode. Who yeah. gives a shit if someone else sees the end of the game and you didn't? Like, I mean,
0: I could go on YouTube and watch it if I want yeah. to. Like, let me play it. Like, I want to play Demon Souls, but I played it for, like, five or six hours. I'm like, I'm over this. And now I watch people play it on YouTube. Like, let me play it. Let me give you money. Let me buy your games. Like, I don't know. We'll see. Uh, but I'm always excited about From's games by looking at the trailers and everything. I'm always like, "Man, maybe this is the one," and then it never is. Uh, but maybe this is the one. Um, are you more excited or less excited for it now that you've seen it?
1: I mean, more in the sense that it exists. Um, you know, it's just it's actually those, like playable
0: you know, and a thing. You know? Yeah,
1: it's a thing. Yeah, you know, I mean that's what, it's one of those things I just sort of pushed in the back of my mind, like, well, one day, yep. maybe they'll show a trailer for it and that will be that. It's like you know, i mean, i just i filed it under book 6 of song of ice and fire with things i figured would never happen you know so <laughs> well from There's software not, you know,
0: actually gets shit done so we're actually yeah, going like, to get to play this i think
1: it's tainted by the G- george r. r martin delay uh, curse cuz he did work on the, the the world bible i guess yeah but uh, clearly, they're further along than, uh, I mean, I don't know. Maybe they're not. I don't know. He supposedly has got hundreds of pages. He's like halfway done with book six. We'll see if that ever happens.
2: Well, so I'm more been, excited been, for we've Elden Ring. In,
1: we've been inside for a year. What have you been doing? <laughs> I know.
0: What can um, you be doing? Yeah. Be writing. That's all you should be doing. I'm more excited for Elden Ring now that I've seen it. I don't think it looks yeah. that good technically, but I think it looks awesome still. So also, I mean,
1: if that build is as old as people are saying, like it could substantially improve yep. uh, by the time it comes out next year or whatever. Um, but yeah, I, I'm still glad I didn't put it on the on the fantasy draft. Yeah, I, it's not
0: coming out this year. I guarantee no. you that. <laughs> all right, let's move on. We're running out of time, and our last topic on today's show is. The antithesis of From Software, and that is Mario. Super Mario 3D World um, just came out for Switch, and it's not just Super Mario 3D World. There's, there's actually tweaks and changes to that, but in addition to that, there's a big chunk, well, not big, there's a chunk of new content um, that is kind of cordoned away called Bowser's Fury. Um, and what I would say is that don't buy it just for Bowser's Fury.
1: No, you better like the main game.
0: Yeah. Um, And I'll say this. Like, I am not the world's biggest Super Mario 3D World fan. I know to some people that's sacrilege. Some people love it because they feel like it's the perfect combo of 3D Mario and 2D Mario. I am a much bigger 3D Mario fan than 2D Mario fan. And so Super Mario 3D World was like, wait, I want a real 3D platformer. For Wii U and I never got it like they never really came out with one Mm -hmm. instead it was like this kind of half step and I look I still enjoyed it and it's still it's a brilliant game it's a Mario game they're all brilliant they always have their flashes and moments where that just blow you away but I did not I did not get addicted to 3D world like I do to most Mario 3D games I'll just put it to you that way Mm -hmm. it is good and I appreciate that some people really like it it just wasn't my forte. Yeah, However, I mean, I like it. I,
1: I I pretty much agree with that. I do like it. I the the focus on cats is appealing to me. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, I mean, you're right. I I know there are people that say it's like the greatest you know, game of its I, I, it's fine. I like it. I, I was glad to buy it again. Even if it even if it didn't have Bowser's Fury with it, I probably would have bought it because I don't have it on Wii U. Oh. I've only played it elsewhere. So gotcha. Uh I was glad to finally have it. And again, like I've said, everything that was exclusive to Wii U should move up to the Switch and rescue it from that platform. Yep. And you know, we're we're running out. We we need Xenoblade Chronicles X there's and that's about it, folks. Let's Here be honest, go.
0: there's not a lot left. Um now one thing I would say is Bowser's Fury is a fully 3D, 3D platformer Mario game. However, Mm -hmm. there are caveats. So if you're watching the B-roll early on, you're like, Shane, what are you doing? What I was doing was trying to triple jump. And you can't. There's no triple jump in this game. So even in Bowser's Fury, which is fully 3D, they only give you the movement options that you get in 3D world. To me, that is asinine. I understand how they convinced themselves that that was a good idea. It was not a good idea. I, it takes away, to me, so much from a 3D Mario when you can't triple jump. It's just, it's just something I do. It's built into how I get around 3D Mario worlds. For them to take that away to me, that is sacrilege. I, can't, I still can't believe that they did it. Now, all the other stuff that's in there, all the other power ups that's in 3D World, they're all there in 3D, which is cool, and I do enjoy that. So it's a trade off, and I kind of get that. Um, but to take away one of the, to me, one of the key traversal options in 3D Mario games, just because it doesn't match the game that is tacked onto, and let's be honest, Matt, this is tacked onto 3D World. This has really no correlation to it, other than the fact it's on the same card
1: yeah it's or a it, it had there's no reason it had to be
0: attached like other
1: that. than the fact that it uses the same power-ups
0: yeah i mean and i they didn't have to I, do that either in all honesty like yeah i
1: mean I, i'll admit like i i did try to triple jump the fir- first time i moved in the game because i feel like that's pretty pretty instinctual yeah and then when I realized I did, I couldn't. At first, I was like, wow, the timing must be weird. Like, it did not occur to me until, like, They'd a minute it. in yeah. that <laughs> it wasn't there. And it, it wasn't just me doing it wrong. Oh, yeah, I kept trying um, it
0: for a long time. And then finally, I just Googled it. And I'm yeah. like, what? They took it out? Who, I was like, why? oh, I guess it's
1: not there. So, and here's the thing. Like, I didn't miss it, really, after that. See, oh, yeah, I use because, it all the time. Well, because, like, there's nowhere to do it. Like, the, oh, yeah, the, there the, is. This, this game is so kind of folded in and, and smaller. Because, like, it's, it's the, yeah, the perspective's down as much and it's like, you know, more like the normal 3d Mario, but it still is doing kind of these little folded in, you know, precision driven, like platforming sections through most of the world.
0: Well, it's like water Um, world. It's like all these little like platform sections connected by water. And eventually you get this weird, like dinosaur almost looks like an inflatable that you can use to like get from one patch. Yeah. You can get from one patch of the world of the world to another patch. Um, But other than that big complaint, and that is a big complaint for me, because I literally use a triple jump all the time playing 3D Mario. You can see I'm still trying to do it in this B-roll. Still. I haven't given up yet. Um, It is a big part of it for me, but otherwise, it's great. It is amazing. Mm -hmm. Um, I really have enjoyed Bowser's Fury. It is short. I finished it basically in like three hours and like 15 minutes or whatever. I could probably go back and collect everything and get another couple hours out of it. I haven't done that yet um but it is not a huge piece of content. Um,
1: yeah, it's a nice bonus though. I, I like it. I like, you know, I like that it's it's a little bit of 3D Mario with like adapting to the new, you know, 3D world power-ups and like it all kind of hangs together pretty well. I like that like the big reward when you get enough of the of the bells is to um to fight, have a big kaiju fight against super mega Bowser or whatever. It's like, you know, it's it, it's fun. Like, it's a yeah, those, it's, those it's fights, a, it's a... though,
0: eventually get really stupid because they don't really change. And
1: no, but I like giant things knocking stuff over. So, like, I'm pretty <laughs> simple to, I'm pretty easy to please in that regard. Um, and that's uh, the thing.
0: So, Mar or Mario. Like Bowser is always in the world. He's like the one who's spreading the muck. So there's a little bit of Super Mario Sunshine in this too and that there's like this gunk that's like covering everything and you have to collect cat shines (laughs) to basically get the gunk off. And as you go through the game, like Bowser moves through the overworld and he'll just pop up at times and like start dropping fireballs on you or trying to breathe fire on you. So it's kind of like there's some other game that does something like this. Zelda or Breath of the Wild does something like that, doesn't it? Where there's like this yeah, thing some, yeah. where there's just this, like every once in a while these storms kind of happen and you're like, oh, like scrambling around. Yeah, yeah. like
1: lightning strike, you got to take the metal armor off yeah, and stuff. Yeah, yeah,
0: and that's, so there's kind of like the Breath of the Wild vibes in this. Um, I thought the level design in Bowser's Fury was great. Um, and mm-hmm. And you're right, like after basically what you do is there are these bells where you need a certain number of cat shines to get the gunk off of them. Once you do that, you you ring the bell, and then that's when you fight, like, the gigantic Bowser as, like, a huge cat suit Mario. And you're right, the first time it was awesome. I was like, oh, my gosh. And then after that, like, they just became, like, kind of rote. and really. Yeah, I mean,
1: oh, that's that's Mario bosses in a nutshell. Yeah. Like, like, the first time it's like, oh, that's neat. And then the fifth time you're like, yeah, I got to jump on you three times. I yeah. got it.
2: You know?
0: Yep. Uh, But I had a lot of fun with it. I would not say, though, if I would say this if you have already played through Super Mario 3D World and you're considering buying this just for Bowser's Fury, I would recommend against that 100%. It literally is like a few hours of content before you finish it off. If you have not played Super Mario 3D World, I don't know what you're waiting for. Go buy this right now.
1: Also, if you just want like a Switch version that you can play with That's your true. friends or your or your kids or whatever, you know, like it's it's nice to have it on a Switch. Is yep. really kind of part of part of the you know.
0: And look, there are tweaks to Super Mario 3D World as well uh, on mm-hmm. this version. The multiplayer stuff is handled a lot better, um, things like that. Uh, and it already is a great game, so it's a great game made better. And then you get an extra handful of hours of true 3D 3D uh, Mario platforming with all the power-ups from 3D World. And one thing I will say is, like, a lot of the power-ups in 3D World have not been in other 3D Mario games. So you are getting sort of access to some stuff that you wouldn't have had access to uh, prior. Um, But it's very polished. Uh, You know, it's not... Yeah, it's it's a
1: really nice total package. Uh, You get a a really good Mario game, and you get a really nice bonus, and there's not really a downside to it.
0: And being able to play, like, with somebody else in a much more reasonable manner. Like, even if you play by yourself... Like, in Bowser Jr., in Bowser's Fury, like, you can set the level of assist that he gives you. Um, you can set it so it's just very simple. I think there's three levels? I can't remember.
1: Yeah, there's a help a lot, help a little, don't help at don't all. Don't help at all,
0: yeah. And so you can set it to how much help you get. And I set it to, like, help, like, the least amount, uh, just to see what he could do. And he's very smart, and he does actually help a lot. And help you collect stuff, so you don't have to go through a lot of the tedium of going back and grabbing stuff that maybe got busted open in a crate or whatever. Um, But it's a very polished game. It already was a great and polished game to begin with. A lot of people never had a Wii U and probably haven't played the base game before. It is undoubtedly the better version. It's better to play by yourself and it's better to play with somebody else. And you get this extra handful of hours of content in Bowser's Fury. It all adds up to, if you're you're someone who didn't own a Wii U and own a Switch, it is a no-brainer. It's one of the best purchases you'll make this year. I guarantee it. Um, for those of you who played it before, I do struggle to tell you to spend another sixty bucks on this. Um, I would honestly just say, well, I guess you most people maybe put their Wii Us away, but if you haven't, I would just say play the Wii U version again. Um and then maybe wait till I'm down the road. I, th-
1: I think this one looks nicer. Yeah, um,
0: it does. It plays faster too, it seems like.
1: Yeah, it's a I mean, I it's definitely no, I don't think you are. I, I feel like it is a little, little, little snappier. Yeah, it
0: seems like Mario um, is faster and the enemies Because
1: I felt like I felt when I played the Wii I I don't own the Wii U version, but when I played it, I felt like it. I fe- it felt sluggish, and I kind of chalked that up to it being derived from the three D from the DS series. Uh huh. Um, but it doesn't feel like that now. It's way faster. I don't know. If, I don't know if that's intentional or if it's a little, actually a little faster, but um, it, it feels snappier to me.
0: The only complaint I have, other than removing the triple jump for Bowser's Fury, is that Mario in this game also has that weird white edge around him. Why do they do that? I don't know. I hate it. I don't understand why they do it. It's very weird and off-putting, but yeah. Oh, there's the cat. Hold on. We got (laughs) B-roll running right now. How has the cat settled in now, Matt?
1: She's okay. Yeah. Um, she's pretty happy. My old cat is still growling at her.
0: Well, your old cat would growl at me after I've been coming to your house every Tuesday for like yeah, a year she's, straight. Yeah, she's very
1: territorial, so I just keep her in the bedroom now.
0: Yeah. You know, I'm coming there. oh Luna. Meow. Oh, we got a little meow. <laughs> yeah, that cat seems to have assimilated very well, which is good. Yeah. It's good to see. I know. So anyway, there you go. That's Super Mario 3D World plus Bowser's Fury. I called it, like, uh, on Three Night Weekend, I think I called it Bowser's Inside Story or some crap. And, uh, <laughs> of course, somebody watched that whole show and made, left a comment, and it wasn't like, hey, the interview was great. I really like Three Night Weekend. It was, it was like, just, it was it was just Bowser's that. Fury. Like, <laughs> that's wrong with people. Uh, anyway, it's time to do some q and um, I don't know if some of you guys have got him into the chat already, but we are running out of time. We made it the full three hours, and I didn't die. In fact, I felt great. It felt good to do this. Um, let me get my reading glasses here so I can read some of your questions. And thanks to everybody. I did see kind of like through my peripheral vision that you guys were all like giving us Switch Prime and giving us bits, and I saw that we hit the, the, the train like right away. You guys kept uh, giving us bits. So I really appreciate it. Uh, if you want to get a question answered, go at Sifted Games. That way we can see it. And there's a bunch in here already. Uh, Here's one from Vincent, and I'm going to answer his question because he has been a lifesaver over the last month. Uh, Do you think the next 3D Mario should be a more fleshed out version of the fully open world Bowser's Fury concept Uh, instead of... I mean, they were kind of... I felt like with Odyssey they were inching that direction.
1: Yeah, Bowser's Fury feels to me like uh, taking a lot of odyssey's lessons and applying it to this
0: and to answer your question yes i think the next mario is going to be a fully op- open world game um i think this is kind of nintendo tipping its cap a little bit tipping its hand it a little definitely bit. feels like
1: feels like something that started as an experiment and ended up as a dry run
0: yep and i think they're going to look at the feedback from this and so far it's been pretty much unit unanimously positive um, and so I feel like, yes, that this is going to be what the next 3D Mario is. And I'm totally cool with it. I like the design of it. I like be- staying in the world and having some sort of a vehicle, uh, basically, to take me around the world. And they'll have to figure that out, obviously, for the, f- the full game. This is just kind of like a little bit of a spin off. Um, and they'll have to maybe find a better way to do that. And it can't just all be water, is another thing. So they may have to have like multiple vehicles to get you around. Um, but if they do a good job with the vehicles, and the, the dinosaur's okay. Um, it's a little loose to control, I feel like. Um, but if they can do well with all the vehicles that they, that they include in the game to make the open world work, then I think it could be something really cool. So, yeah, I think that that's what it's going to be, and I'm totally cool with it if that is the case. Uh, let's see. Next question. Uh, Vincent is saying it is faster overall. It's been confirmed. So it wasn't just me. Being crazy. Um, Toast916X, good to see you live again. It's good to be back, people. Um, to feel good enough to do this feels good. I can't even tell you how tough this month has been, um, just in so many ways. Uh, what's your take on six days in Fallujah coming back? Why? <laughs> <laughs> Why is my take? like It seems like a cheap publi- publicity stunt to me. Yeah, it feels like a small publisher was like, "How do we make waves? How do we get people paying attention? How do we get built-in
1: talking point? Basically, yeah. like, how do we make we sure
0: that, that, that this, the, our next project, is talked about on a show like Game Face? Here we are. Mm-hmm. It worked. Um, so I think it's cheap. It's dirty. I don't see any reason for it. The game doesn't look that good. The game never looked that good. Um, so yeah, I I think it's pretty dirty."
2: Mm-hmm. Do
1: you remember it made me think I couldn't remember that you remember when I think we were at tech TV probably like right around the time X play started or a little bit after and like someone was trying to start up a it was like a gaming service that was gonna make first person shooter levels out of things that happened on the news?
0: Yes, I do remember, remember that. that. I can't remember what it was I remember called. also they came in around the same time that that person came in with that crazy like vest. It made it feel like you were being shot.
1: <laughs> yeah, the immersion
0: vest. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It may have been like the same day. I think we got the immersion vest demo and then they came in with like the newsflash shooter. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I remember that. I can't remember what the name of it was. Though.
1: Yeah, I can't remember. But it you're not imagining it. It was
0: real for sure. Um, Congrim 1, thoughts on Mediatonic being acquired by Epic Games? Wait, I didn't even know that. When did that happen? Mm, I don't know. Wow. I didn't even know that. So well, you're getting my raw thoughts on it. Um, oh, the fall. yeah, that
1: was this morning.
0: Oh, that I, mean, was, uh, I was probably prepping for the show and missed it then. Um, good yeah. for them. That's great for them. Um, if it gives them a bigger budget and a bigger team to keep making 3D platformers, I'm all for it. I don't know if Epic will make them make other stuff, but I think that's awesome. I can't think of a better company to be acquired by, to be honest with you. We have lots of friends that work there, and they have nothing but good things to say about Epic. So, yep. um, and if you <laughs> as, talk... long as, you're not, as long as you're not Apple, you <laughs> yeah, probably exactly. have good you're things to good. say about Epic. You're all good, yeah. So I think that's great. Um, I think they'll get a bigger budget on their games, and I think they already have proven they can make great games. So I'm I'm all down with it. Now if they could just get the Banjo license back, that would be awesome. Um, Fresh from the deli, good to see you back, Shane. Good to be back, guys. I hope you feel better. Me too. I hope they figure out what the hell's going on with me. Uh, Thoughts on Guilty Gear Strive Beta. I couldn't play it because you had to pre-order the game to play it. Um, Yeah, I haven't haven't
1: played it because I haven't pre-ordered it yet, but
0: it does look amazing. It looks amazing. And he says, I think the animation is best in class. Agree. Yep. Rollback netcode is amazing. I wouldn't know, but I'll take your word for it. Um, Soundtrack is great. I could tell that from the trailers. Yep. Uh, really excited to get another big fighting game in such a long time. Agreed. Um, I think it looks awesome. Uh, I, I, and I'll tell you, I thought it looked awesome because I tried to play the beta. And I start looking around, I'm like searching for strive beta, uh, Guilty Gear beta, and nothing would come up and then finally I realized the only way you could get into it is if you pre-order. And I think that's a huge mistake. I think that's the dumbest thing ever. It's like, okay, give it to people who pre-ordered first. like maybe give them a, a weekend. But then the next weekend give it to everybody else. Like, I wanna play yeah. it. I wanna check it out. A lot of people wanna check it out, and I can't. So
1: it used to be a uh you know, a pretty standard practice, but that was years ago. It feels weird to do it now. Yeah. I way. mean you're
0: right. That's kind of like a thing from the past. Like people don't do that anymore. So I don't know. I think it's a mistake. They should crack it open and maybe eventually they will. Um, maybe they will eventually unlock it for everybody but as of right now it's for pre-orders only I'm glad that you like it though and I'm glad to get your report that it's good Um, let's see Tiny2K thank you for gifting all these subs to everybody I appreciate it man and our audience does as well Um, Justin Horman do you have a favorite game made by Japan Studio yeah so they're going away Uh, it makes me so happy to hear you're feeling better and aren't suffering while doing this um, let's see where do you start with them I mean you can go all the way back to like Ape Escape I liked all those games but I uh-huh. think honestly probably like Hot Shots Golf I think are my favorite games that they made and I know Clap Hands made some of those but I think Japan Studio made a couple of them as well uh, so I really liked those I liked all the Ape Escape stuff that they made um, and obviously the Astrobot stuff but that's not going away which is good to hear
1: Yeah, I don't think this is the end of things in the way that people seem to be assuming it is like they're going to they're killing internal development, uh, but they are still going to be able to function as kind of a sort of pseudo publisher slash advisor, which is where you've gotten a lot of their best stuff. Like, you know, you're going to say Japan Studio. The first thing I think of is Shadow of the Colossus. Uh, because there are logos in front of it, but that was Teen Eco with support from Japan Studio. Yep. Um, so I don't think I don't think everything that made Japan Studios output great is going away. Uh, in terms of stuff that, like they made that that I think of, like I think the gravity rush games are intensely underrated they are. games, yep, for like, sure. Just horribly underappreciated for what they are, and I understand it's a tough sell because it's just so anime-looking, and it was kind of a niche. Like it's hard to explain why that game, those games, work the way they do uh, without getting someone's hands on them. Um, but I, I, I think it's a shame that there was there was not more kind of word-of-mouth saving the Gravity Rush. It's nice they got to make a sequel. Like the Gravity Rush Two is probably a minor miracle that it got made at all. But um, those, I would say, if I was going to tell anyone to check out a Japan studio game that may not have played, and I imagine our audience has played them because that's who we are. Uh, Gravity Rush One and Two are hidden gems in in uh, even by the standards of hidden gems on the last few PlayStations.
0: Yeah, because even if you look at games like The Last Guardian, like Japan studio didn't really make that game
1: make no they that was they were they worked with it with Emiko on it but that wasn't a japan studio game yeah. so to speak yep. but uh as far as i know um the gravity rushes were uh knack the knack games were yep. i think um i don't like knack but <laughs> I don't <laughs>
0: either. it's kind of a running joke some people do like it though
1: oh yes i mean it's just you know yep yeah I, I can never tell quite how serious the knack fans are but like you know Makes you happy, makes you happy. Uh, for me, <laughs> I don't for me, it would be for things
0: that make them happy, for sure. Yeah, for me,
1: it would be uh, uh, gravity, the Gravity Rush games, and uh, in terms of you know, they also got, got the, you know, they they were kind of like pseudo publishers and or whatever on, on a bunch of things I like that are just sort of the weird niche stuff. Hopefully, that doesn't all go away. Um, I'm I'm thinking of uh, of stuff like um, you know, like Puppeteer or the Echo Chromes. Um, Patapon yeah, you know uh, Aquanauts Holiday, Hidden Memories, one of my favorite PlayStation Three games that no one has. Like it never came here, and I had to import a Korean version to get an English version because um, that's how much I like scanning things underwater. <laughs> uh, yeah, like I, I mean, it's it's a shame that like that's sort of where they've ended up, but like you know, it makes financial sense that Sony wants to focus on the things that sell 10-15 million copies rather than things that sell eight hundred thousand
0: yep it does uh, let's see first of all Devid, thank you for all the gift subs that's awesome Minority Games thank you for the bits you guys are it's amazing I appreciate everything that you guys do I want to answer one more question uh, from Majora Tom 91 what are your expectations for the supposed Bethesda showcase Microsoft is planning later this month do you think the platforms for their future games past Deathloop and Ghostwire get confirmed or left ambiguous great question I'm um, expecting two
1: things, Jack and shit.
0: Um, <laughs> really? Because <laughs> rumors know, are like, swirling that like, we're getting like Starfield this year now.
1: I mean, I heard that. I don't believe it. I don't believe it, it like, either I mean, at all. Like, I think we will see it. Like, I mean, what, why else are you calling I think we'll get a new trailer
0: this? for Starfield at that event. Yep. Yeah. Why
1: else are you calling this meeting if you don't have something to show from Bethesda S- Studios? Yep. Like, uh, there's no way you do that without, like, you know, you're you're in trouble enough. <laughs> yeah. It's Like, uh, I would be very surprised if Starfield made it this year. I wouldn't argue with it if it did, but I also I feel know, I'd like be really
0: happy if it did. But yeah, I just don't see it happening. I, I mean, just based upon like... what Bethesda has said, I don't see it yeah. happening. Exactly.
1: Like Todd Howard has not given any indication that, it's that anywhere they're anywhere close done. to done.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, some stuff has leaked out that looks like it's pretty far along. I'll say that, but. I don't think so. I but think how kind of can
1: issue. you know? How can you tell how far along a Bethesda game is by looking at a tiny piece of you know yeah. use of no, they, these things are so huge that you just don't. There's no way to tell what you're looking at half the time in terms of like general completion. Um, yeah, I, I wouldn't even super shock me if they did say this year and then just slips to next year. You know, yeah. it's uh, well. It, I guess it kind of depends what Microsoft wants to do,
2: huh?
0: Yeah. And to his question about platforms. I mean, at this point, you know, Sony just announced that Days Gone is coming to PC and a lot more of its games are coming to PC. Um all bets are kinda off right now for platforms. Like I wouldn't be surprised if like even, you know, some of Bethesda's stuff continues to come to Playstation. I just wouldn't Yeah, I I do mean in a, a delay think, I obviously, do, but
1: I do not think Starfield and Elder Scrolls Six will come to Playstation. At all. I think they're internal. I think their internal Bethesda Studio stuff will be Xbox, PC exclusive.
0: I could maybe see a year later. Because otherwise,
1: what did you buy them for?
0: Yeah, I mean, a year later, I could see it.
1: I don't. I don't think so.
0: Yeah, we'll see. Given
1: how, given the, the times legs, they are changing. On, that's for sure. I mean, you might have to change. I don't. Maybe that could change. Maybe the, the strategy could shift. But given the legs on Skyrim, you're crazy to ever let that go. To to a I competitor's platform, I mean, you
0: should protect it for sure. Yep. Uh, So anyway, that's it. That's Game Face 246. We made it, people. I made it. Um, Hopefully we'll be back next Tuesday. Hopefully I'll have it together more so we can start at 1 p.m. instead of 2. I know for people in Europe, it's getting pretty late for you guys. Thanks for hanging out with us. Uh, Seems like it's been a long time coming to get to this point where I could do another show. It feels good to have made it through an episode of Game Face. And thanks to Matt, who's been very patient over the last month, wondering what the heck is going on. And thanks to you guys, too, uh, for giving me this time to get back on my feet. Uh, And get to a place where I can do an episode of Game Face. I appreciate it. Uh, To everybody who donated, uh, to everybody who just gave us Twitch Prime and bits and all this stuff, it makes a difference. I'll never forget what you guys did for me during this month. Um, I'm not out of the woods yet, but obviously I felt good enough to do a three-hour episode of Game Face. So I am way better than I was before, which means a lot. Uh, if you're listening to this show, and you're probably one, maybe you're not, because you may have st- unsubscribed to the Game Face podcast feed at this point, wondering if the show ended. But if you stuck with us and you're out there, uh, we'd really appreciate it if you could go to patreon.com slash sifted, that's S-I-F-T-D, and pledge to support the show. We need it. We need financial support to keep this going. Um, I need it, because I can't keep working the hours that I've been working. It literally almost killed me. Um and so I can't do it. And we we need, that work still needs to be done, and I need to be able to pay people to do the work. So please, if you're watching the show on YouTube, help us out, man. We need it. We need the help. There's every other Patreon out there, they're making tons of money. We actually need the help. We need the money. Uh, so I'd really appreciate it. But again, thanks to everyone for sticking with us, everyone on our Patreon for being patient, all the kind words. It meant so much, and it helped me. It literally helped me get through these last four weeks that I've been dealing with this crap. So... On behalf of Matt, who you can find on Twitter at MKyle. I'm Shane Satterfield. You can find me on Twitter at Dinfire. And if you can't afford to help us and you just want to know when the show's going to go up for free, uh, you can follow Sifted on Twitter at Sifted Games. So have yourselves a great evening. We'll see you next Tuesday. Game Face is up and out.